Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Last night, Tucker Carlson presented footage to the American people and to the world showing that the January 6th Select Committee and Democrats were lying about what happened on January 6th. Now, most of us knew they were lying because there's tons of video footage available to the public. But now we got what I would uh, say is definitive proof that in one instance with the Q shaman, yeah, he didn't do anything wrong. He was escorted by police through the building. They tried to open doors for him and then they end up putting him in prison anyway. If this video was released to the public, along with many other videos, it would have completely debunked the narratives that were being pushed out by the mainstream media and the Democratic Party. Notably, the officer Sicknick, the officer who died, Officer Sicknick, a day later, videos of him walking around doing normal work stuff, completely seemingly uninjured. And they tried claiming, or I should say they literally claimed, and even to this day, the New York Times still claims he was killed by Trump supporters. It's a lie. Well, Mitch McConnell came out in his Mitch McConnelly goodness and rejected Tucker Carlson's report, said it was a mistake. And he sides with the establishment, with the police, with the Democrats on this one. So surprise, surprise. We got to go through this evidence and talk about this because um, it's big stuff. And we got a bunch of other stories, too, uh, related to that that we'll get into, some about censorship and things like that. Before we get started, my friends, head over to TimCast.com, become a member to support our work. It is my birthday week. Thursday is my birthday. I will officially be 37 years old. And if you would like to get me a gift, go to TimCast.com and become a member. This will be like our big membership drive week where I have an excuse to, to tell you, you got you to become a member. It's my birthday. I mean, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't let me down on my birthday, would you? Become a member. We're going to have a members only live show coming up after this live show. We do it Monday through Thursday. They go up around 10, 10 p.m., we wrap up the show at 10. We then set up the live stream. We're live streaming at 10, 10 p.m. And uh, not so family friendly, a lot of swearing, but it's good fun. <laughs> and we're building out a live chat system for it currently. I wish we could snap our fingers and just have these things, but we kind of just do things on the fly. So don't forget to also smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Joining us tonight to talk about this and so much more is Cash Patel. Tim, happy birthday. I didn't know it was your birthday week. I would, have brought, I would have brought a gift. I don't birthday even know what to get my, Tim my, Pool. What do you get Tim Pool for his birthday? A membership at TimCast.com. Okay, maybe I'm going to have to sign up now. Finally. <laughs> uh, thanks my for having me back week. on the show. It's amazing to be out here. I yeah, well, out here. for those that don't know, uh, who are you? What do you do? Uh, I do nothing. I pay to get on this show. No, uh, Cash Patel, long story short, government boob, was in for 16 years, ended up being the chief of staff at DOD for the Trump administration, deputy director of national intelligence, and I'm the chief investigator for Russiagate. Under Devin Nunes, who exposed the whole Russiagate narrative stuff. Now, um, been on the outside advising Donald Trump. And uh, my passion project, Fight With Cash. Fightwithcash.com started out as a legal offense trust for people who were being defamed and didn't have the money to do so. That spurned into a 501c3, the Cash Foundation. So now we raise money for active duty soldiers, law enforcement, tuition assistance. We fund whistleblowers. Ooh. We're getting a hit piece on us because we actually had the audacity to fund credible whistleblowers. That's a whole other story. And we gave away over $100,000 last year. And this year, we'd like to give away a million. Fightwithcash.com. Right and 
the Cash Foundation. Very cool. Yeah, we'll talk about Trump and uh, po- uh, political stuff, too. Yeah. Speculations with DeSantis. Thanks for hanging out. Should be fun. We got Phil Labonte hanging out. Hello, everyone. Phil Labonte, lead singer of All That Remains, anti-communist and uh, <laughs> counter-revolutionary. Anti-communist. I love it. Hi, everyone. I'm Ian Cross, and I'm going to talk about graphing tonight because I want Donald Trump to start pulling out of the atmosphere. Love you, Cash. Good to see you, man. Hey, smash that like button for Cash, and I hope maybe we can involve Smash smash with Cash for, uh, I don't know, just just take that Done. word smash. It's Smash with Cash. That's a new t-shirt. All proceeds yes. go to whatever Tim Pool and company wanted to go Thumbs to. Thumbs up. Done. Sold. We have our own merch store. There Great you go. to see you, dude. Yeah. There like you this. go. And I am Surge.com. With um, killer glasses, by the way. Uh, yeah, yeah. I got the same high shades on today. Let's uh, do this. So we have this tweet from Charlie Kirk, breaking Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell <laughs> calls it a mistake for Tucker Carlson and Fox News to release the never before seen J6 footage. Let me play for you this short clip. It was a mistake, in my view, for Fox News to depict this in a way that's completely at variance with what our chief law enforcement official here at the Capitol thinks. Well, that's Mitch McConnell. Back in the blue right there, babe. That's what it's called, back in the blue. And then Elon Musk responded, I keep forgetting which party he belongs to. And Charlie Kirk, he nails it. He says, Uniparty. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. So uh, as, as many of you know, uh, we got this footage released. I think it's, uh, uh, it's very important. It shows that the Q Shaman, actually, let me see if I can just pull up the video footage. I know we showed it last night, but for those that missed it, I want you all to see this. So you can show your friends and your family, the people who don't believe you, the Q shaman being escorted by police through the building who make no attempt whatsoever to stop him. And not only did they make no attempt to stop him, they actually try to open doors for him. How are you going to charge someone with unlawful entry or trespassing or parading or whatever when you when you're escorting him through the building and opening doors? Well, look at this. Here he is walking through a, a, a mob of police officers who don't care. At all. Literally don't care. Here we go. Right this way, sir. Here you are. And then sure enough, when he goes in, he says, thank you to the Heavenly Father for taking the inspiration needed to these police officers to allow us into the building. There you go. There it is. Down. Chansley understood that Capitol Police were his allies. Video shows him giving thanks for them in a prayer on the floor of the Senate. Watch. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for taking the inspiration needed to these police officers to allow us to allow us into the building. Yo, they, they, they let these people in the building. And Mitch McConnell, he's mad. It was a mistake the American people get to see this footage of the Capitol Police helping these people. He says it's completely at variance with what uh, the police had said. Hmm. Maybe the police were lying because if you really want to believe the insurrection narrative, they were in on it. That's what AOC thinks. Whoa. Yeah, inside job. I, I tweeted J6 was an inside job, and the left got real mad at me. But pick one. Did you get kicked off Twitter? No. Ooh. But maybe, maybe, you, look, I'll, I'll say this to, 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 to liberals, the Democrats, you got to pick one. Either the police mm-hmm. let these people in, and there was no insurrection, or the Capitol Police were a part of the insurrection and were in on it the whole time. Can I just tell you one thing that people might get ticked off at? I'm glad that the videotape footage is getting out there, but I don't think it's the consequential piece of evidence that we need to see right now from the FBI to DOJ to answer the question you posed. You mean the consequential? Or you don't think it's consequential at all? To answer the consequential question of whether or not that you just posed. I think as a former federal prosecutor and a public defender who defended a lot of these types of cases, 
What you need to show is whether or not the FBI and government agents were using undercover operatives and informants on the day of January 6th, because if you can show that, you know they've been at, hang on, but the paperwork shows having run informants, that's a six-month buildup, minimum. Right. Minimum. It's not like they just dropped them into the Proud Boys and said, hey, go, don't disrupt, please. So once you prove that, then you defeat the insurrection narrative with the FBI's own documentation. Forget what the videotape shows. Just just for, for people who you, you can't see what's going on in the room, the reason why Cash just said hang on or whatever is because I started smirking and rolling my eyes. And what I meant to convey with that is, come on, we know they were involved. I, like, well, <laughs> no, right, no, 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 look, I well, totally clarify, agree. though. Yeah. I'm not saying I know definitively what I'm saying is a reasonable suspicion is that there were agents. There's a video showing a guy with an earpiece pulling people into the building. All right. Mm-hmm. You combine that with the evidence of Ray Epps and it looks like you have a preponderance of evidence suggesting there may have been federal law enforcement involved in making that thing happen. I'll get you beyond a reasonable doubt. All Two right. pieces of information. Ray Epps was on FBI's most wanted list one day. And the next day, he was off of the FBI's most wanted list. There are only two ways that happens. You die or your informant. Put that aside. Under congressional testimony, Jill Sanborn, who I used to work with, the head of the FBI counterintelligence division, in charge of all these investigations, testified under oath when Senator Cruz asked her, flat out, were there federal agents involved with January 6th? And she said, quote, Senator, I can't answer that at this time. Not If the answer was definitively no, having been a DOJ FBI guy myself, she would have gone there and said, nope, absolutely not. The reason she said I can't answer that is because of the same stonewalling they gave us during Russiagate with Christopher Steele, Halper, and everybody else. It's the same narrative, and I'm telling you they were there. So you're saying that she said I can't answer that because the answer is yes, and that would compromise whatever their operation was. Exactly. Is, I mean, what's the argument they make that she just didn't know when she didn't want to say yes or no definitively? There is no way the head of the FBI counterintelligence division, the number three ranking person at the FBI, who is in charge of the January 6th investigations, did not know the answer to that. It is not possible. Sounds like the answer is yes. Matt Gates came out uh, over a year ago saying that there was, I, I think that there was evidence of, of federal involvement, I believe. Now, here's the other thing. Just follow the money. Everybody wants to know about all the spy craft and all the cool stuff. You know what the FBI has to do to these informants? Pay them. You know what that requires? A bank. Go find out. It's what we did with Steele, right? And I got tortured for it. I went to Paul Ryan and said, give me this one subpoena. And if I'm wrong, you can fire me. And he basically tried to fire me anyway. Wow. But then I went and got the FBI records and the bank that paid them. And then the floodgates opened. Game over. They said, there's no way we used informants to investigate the FISA and Donald Trump and all this crap. Well, if they did it then, are you telling me they really didn't do it now? And yeah. It's taxpayer and, dollars. Uh, maybe they pay with crypto. Ooh. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Maybe that's true. And also, I, I just kind of I want to say, especially right now, if you Google search this story, the media response is hilarious. They're what, like, "What's it saying?" I didn't. Oh, just every single story is like they're they're lying about uh, uh, what Tucker Carlson said. Right. One of the first things Tucker Carlson says in this report is, "We've all seen the violence," and he shows video of the violence. Saying, oh, I see. They've shown us this over and over again. What they're not telling you is that there was another portion with a permitted peaceful rally. 
that were let in by police. And that's not a part of their narrative. What they're doing now is they're claiming that Tucker only said right. it was peaceful because they project, they, they claim, they, they claim that the right does what they in fact are doing all the time. It's, it's, it's remarkable that if you're paying attention to news, if you are a, a discerning individual, like most people watching this show, you can see it happening. Like Ukraine gate, for instance, mm -hmm. Joe Biden is on camera <laughs> engaging a, in a quid pro admitting to a quid pro quo. Unless you do what I demand, mm -hmm. I will withhold federally guaranteed loans to your country, which he has no authority to do. And then when Donald Trump tries to investigate it, they accuse him of doing literally the same thing they were caught doing. Yeah. So in, in this instance, Tucker Carlson comes out and says, let me let me be nuanced. Yeah, there was violence. Those people are committing vandalism. They're attacking cops. They'll, they'll be prosecuted. These people were peaceful and the Democrats lied about it. Mm -hmm. So what do the Democrats and the media corporate press do? They lie and claim Tucker's only telling you it was peaceful. And here's how you solve yeah, that. Yeah, well, how do you solve it? Put it all out for everybody. Yeah, the problem is, I wonder if the it's a it's a question of the... I don't know, the, the intellectual capabilities of, of, the, of the people between, you know, political parties or whatever. Well, is it, is it, is, I wonder if the divide in politics is, uh, are uh, perspicacious individuals and cogs, zombies, NPCs. You mean in putting this out? I mean, the decision to put this out rests with the House. This no, no, I mean, in terms of the left and the right, oh, is the left predominantly followers and the right is predominantly discerning individuals? I don't know the answer to that. I think you just got to play the videotape and put it all out there and let the online sleuths do what they do, which is but know, I investigate just, it. But you, you, you take a look at what the response from the corporate press is. It's lying. No, and, no I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but that's, that's not well, new. Well, sure, sure. What, what I mean to say is, are there people who just lack the, the capabilities to watch the video you put out? Or will their demoralized brains not allow them to process that information as I, per Yuri Bezmenov? I think it's a combination of the two. I think after six or seven years of this, some people just don't have the capacity to process that something like that could happen. I think a lot of other people will quietly in their little group say, okay, we know that that happened, but when we go to the microphones, we have to say X. Yeah. How much of this 44,000 hours do you think is deep faked? I think, look, here's, here's, here's how the security footage works, right? In the Capitol, having worked there, a lot of it is just going to be dead time. Like empty rooms showing office furniture. Probably half of it, to be honest with you. So now we're down to like 21,000 hours of footage. Still a ton of footage, right? But that's, I think, 17 hours of footage, 17,000 hours of footage, 1,700 days of footage. So just to put in perspective on how much it takes to digest all that. And I guess... AI, they're able to use AI to split out all the footage of non-motion yeah. so they can just discard that. I, I'm concerned that it's going to deepfake the Q shaman, not him, obviously, he's a little too public, but mm. deepfake people blowing things up or destroying things when they weren't. I mean, obviously, that's a malicious as hell, but I can, hey, don't count it out. You know, we live in the, in the United States. Any, they're the, capable the, of anything. The one thing the left and some of the media, and I hate to say they, they had a piece of it right, but the one thing they are saying, which I have to agree with, is that there are portions of some of the people that were saying were totally innocent, where there's actually videotape of them doing something illegal, like trespassing per the criminal statutes or interfering with police officers. So that's going to be the problem that if you do person by person, like you do the whatever this guy's name is, I don't think Tucker should, I don't think Tucker should have started with that guy. He should have picked some guy that was straight up innocent, looked at all the videotape on that one guy, found out he was charged with something he should never have been charged with, and then started with him. 
this guy is just too divisive of a character to do that with because I'm sure the left's going to come back and say, hey, check out this video. And I don't know if this is true, but check out this video of him, you know, kicking a cop in the shin or something. Right? I don't think there's anything of that. I think <clears throat> the only footage they ever showed is him just walking through and yelling at a bullhorn. But it's the, uh, it's, the, it's the iconography. Okay. The weird hat thing yeah. that he's wearing, the face paint. That's why they, they, they targeted him. I think you're onto something with that. I think the iconography of that, of that day, they really, really want the memes to be that the, at least for the left, they mm-hmm. wanted the memes to be that it was a violent, you know, serious thing. I, anytime I talk about it, it's not odd that I get, you know, pictures of that, that miniature um, noose that they put up, the miniature gallows, the... It wasn't even full size, but people on the left still mm-hmm. think that that gallows was real and that was a real threat and stuff. So I think you're, I think the meme thing is totally right. Yeah, I just looked Jacob Chansley up, just searched for him on Brave, and uh, a group, a, some, you know, three of the top ten photos are him screaming. Like that's the that's the image I think yeah. a lot of people are looking for is him going ah yeah 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 you know, nah you know if you scream you're so I think if they Showing, trespassing like it, nonviolent it, offenses they've served time <clears throat> that's time served get them yeah. out immediately get them out if they showed a picture of like some 50 year old dude with a big beer belly holding a little american flag and wiggling it like holding his yeah, baby people. in his arms or something well i don't know if he had babies with him yeah. but there's like some <laughs> t- some big fat guy just like waving an american flag it doesn't it doesn't have that same kind of vibe of some dude with a crazy sure. head being like ah. did anybody take kids in that day i don't know the answer to that kids i don't think building? so probably though i mean i wouldn't be surprised a lot of these people were at a peaceful rally on the other side of the building that had a permit to be there and the police opened the doors and let him in. And Alex Jones is yelling, stop, don't do it, don't go in the building. This the thing, then, if, if they're obsessed with blaming innocent people for crime, they're going to lose. It's going to lose. It's, it can't, it's not sustainable. I'm not, Why I'm not, do you say that? I'm not that? so convinced. Because it's all, the, the data's coming out. It's becoming apparent. Like yeah, People but, are making fun of them on the news. But the people on the left w- are doubling down and saying that Tucker's lying, that, they're, that it's wrong, blah, blah, blah. And the average normie that doesn't watch a lot of this stuff that has maybe, you know, an hour a week that they can commit to actually paying attention to what's going on in politics... They're still going to get their news from MSNBC or mm. CNN or whatever. And so I don't know that it's guaranteed that just because this stuff comes out, your average person that is, you know, a normie is going to be significantly swayed. Now, I hope that I'm wrong, but I don't see any real reason to believe that this information is really new. You know, I mean, it's like these are things that people thought and assumed before. I don't think that just because there's confirmation on video, I don't think that your average soccer mom in Southern Connecticut is like, oh, man, should have won. I'm talking about I, me. I will support their investigation if they let the innocent people go. If there are people blowing, breaking windows and kicking cops, I want them to serve justice for that. Sure. So this if they the, want, I'll, I'll join them and their, their crusade if they let the innocent people go. This is why I was saying just a moment ago that I wonder if what really does separate the political factions in this country is cognitive faculties. Oh, I yeah. Mean, McConnell was talking so slow in that video earlier. It's not just and that's that. like normalized. It's, it's you have people who believe literally anything the media says. And no matter how many times they're proven to be liars and wrong, they just keep doubling down. And I'm like, that's a certain level of zombism yeah. that, you know, a lack of higher brain function. You know, like if someone comes to you and says, do you want to stick a gum? And then you're like, why, yes, I certainly would. And when you pull it out, it snaps your finger with those little prank traps they have. And you go, well, that kind of hurt. That was a dick move. Then you go, here, take another piece of gum. And then you go, I don't mind if I do. Snap. Ow. 
man, stop doing that. Well, do you want gum for real time? Yes, I certainly do. <laughs> like at a certain point, it's like, what's wrong with you? No, you, He's just going to snap your finger again. You're not wrong. There's still people who think that we went into Iraq because there were WMDs there. That, <laughs> I, that's literally never going to change for a certain faction of the populace, even though years later it was proven definitively that that wasn't even the case. It wasn't even remotely the case. There, are, there are people that still believe Donald Trump defended white nationalists and neo-Nazis. I think it was a Mark Twain He's quote. also a Russian asset. Don't forget that. There was a guy who went on MSNBC and <laughs> argued that Donald Trump was a Soviet asset. Like, the Soviet Union doesn't even exist it's anymore. Right, right, right. That was my favorite. I, I was it Jonathan Chait? I enjoyed uh, that. What, to, be cl- to, be, to be fair, what he said was that Trump may have been an asset of the Russians since the 80s, which would imply he was an a- asset of the Soviet Union. In and the after, 80s. In the 80s. And after the Soviet Union collapsed, the infrastructure <laughs> of Russia maintained him as, a, as an asset my, for their country. That's my favorite fan fiction. <laughs> that is my favorite that one, that comic one. book story. Can, you, can yeah. we do, like, we need a skit where Donald Trump is like talking and then someone accidentally says the activation code and then Trump starts speaking Russian. <laughs> yeah, like someone that can do, oh, no. can you imagine Donald Trump doing thing. the, uh, yeah, yeah. That's someone that can do a really good Donald Trump Im- imitation but speaking purely in Russian. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know how oh, I could That I would be hilarious. No one's I think done that. Funny. I think Trump, with Trump in Russian? Yeah, in doing Russian the, but doing the Gordon thing. Desvidanya comrades. Mark Twain has this quote. It's easier to fool people than to convince them they've been fooled. Yeah. And he's a smart he was a smart dude there's there's well, people, there's, a, there's a risk that like all this information doesn't convince people it just makes them say well i want to pay less attention yeah you know it's if you make them feel stupid they'll yeah. withdraw so you got to do it in a way that people kind of empowers people mm-hmm. rather than be like you were so wrong look totally no be like look how be- much better off we are now that the truth is apparent let me jump to this story from the daily mail quote it rips our wounds wide open family of capital cop brian sicknick who died the day after January 6th, slammed Fox News and Tucker Carlson for using new footage to downplay Riot and claim his death was not linked. In the video footage, I don't know if they have it in the article. Actually, it looks like they do. Let me, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll mute this real quick and then we'll play it. You can see Officer Sicknick is walking around, seemingly uninjured, doing his job, telling people to move. He walks over and he grabs some sign of some sort and then puts it behind a statue so he's going about his business. They initially claimed, the New York Times, mm-hmm. that, what, what did they say? That he got killed with a fire, fire extinguisher. Hit him in the head? Hit him in the head. That article is still up right now. In fact, yeah. let me see if I can, let me see if I can find it. New York Times. I, I had the archive. There no, we I, go. I, I saw it today. Here it is. There it is. He dreamed of being a police officer, then was killed by a pro-Trump mob. Yo, this is definitively proven false. How is this article still up right now? Because they're lying liars. Look at this. They have an update. That's all they have. Really? New information has emerged regarding the death of the Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick that questions the initial cause of his death provided by officials. Uh, so how about you take down your fake news? Well, well or leave impossible. it up, but, but make it very apparent that this is an old article that's been changed in the title. That, that update should be in the title. Well, you guys are asking for way too much. This is that is unrealistic. That is never going to happen. It stopped happening seven years ago. This is like libelous, slander, felonious. Like from yeah, back but, in the day, you get but a mob. A mob can't sue you, right? They have defamed a a pro Trump mob as they've described it. Right. They haven't so, identified anyone exactly. Singularly. They're like, we didn't burn anyone. We just fed the fire. So that's that's for all you who are wondering how to defame people and get away with it. Apparently, just apply them to a group. So say like a group of Phil Labontes was seen punching a dog or something. And it's like, well, I didn't say he did it. I said a group of him was doing it. Yep. 
<laughs> I, I, then, I, then my pronouns are they, apparently. They. So I guess here's the thing, man. You're going to, no matter what happens, no matter what proof, mm-hmm. it's as Yuri Bezmenov said. You can show the demoralized person proof and they won't accept it. Ian just mentioned, I think you were mentioning, it's easier to fool the person. Or was yeah, that was a Mark Twain quote. It's easier to fool someone than to convince them that they've been fooled. The, mm-hmm. reason, the reason is, fooling someone is, is a simple task of putting your trust in the wrong person. But telling someone they've been fooled is to insult their ego. And it yeah. makes them recalibrate their entire worldview on the spot. It's a challenge. Depending on how much, you know depending on how much they have to recalibrate their worldview. If someone has a deeply, a deep conviction from when they were like a kid, ripping that out of them at 30 years old is going to be nigh impossible. 100%. But if somebody like walks down the street and sees a dog do a backflip, and then you show them proof that it was actually an illusion by a magician with a mirror, they're more likely to be like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that. And like if they've told 50 of their friends that a dog did a backflip, they're going to be less like, they're going to be more resistant to yep. be the, yep. realizing they're a liar. It's or not just misled. a one-off anymore. You're right. It's probably more than seven years ago. But this has been an ongoing campaign of disinformation by the mainstream media. I mean, go back. If you go Russiagate, Ukraine impeachment, one, two, Jan six, the CCP balloon to bring it full speed, and then you talk Nord Stream 2. All of these people have been lied to and lying in the media consistently, even though they were proven wrong, COVID origins. Yep. I was the deputy director of national intelligence when we briefed Trump where the virus came from, and you know what he did the next day? Ban travel from China. We were all racist. Four years <laughs> later, hey, do you guys know where the COVID virus came from? The Wuhan lab. No. S. But all those people were lied to by the New York Times for years and years and years, think it was somehow Trump engineered or related to his, you know, ineptitude that we have COVID on, on planet Earth. And this is a carryover that they are able to just forget and say, okay, what's the next what's the next iteration of fake news we can come up with so, to just speed through what we were duped on. So we have a couple different types of people in this scenario. People on the left who know it's all a lie, yeah. but are lying themselves because they feel they're on the right side of history or they don't want to fight or for whatever reason. And the people who genuinely are just not smart enough to act, ever see through this and they just keep going on and believing it. Which do you think is bigger? Which like the stupid faction. people? Okay. Ignorant people. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be so cruel. I should say. Um, Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Incapable of of discerning. Is it a lot? Is it like 60-40? I don't know, man. You know, there was... uh, Who's that comedian... Uh, Bill Burr, is that his? Bill Burr, bald dude. Yeah, he was on Rogan, and he was like, "Look, Joe, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I just turn on the TV. They say, put on a mask. I put a mask on. I just uh, t- <laughs> two weeks later, t- take it off. I'll take it off." Like that's the kind of person that's voting Democrat. They say, "I don't know. I don't want to know. I'll turn the TV on and do whatever they tell me to do at the time." So it's 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 maybe I should add a third person. The people are that's that's probably the people who know they're being lied to. Don't care. Just mm-hmm. tell me what to say and I'll say it because I want to go eat, you know, a pizza at the bar with my buddies or, or watch football or something. I don't need like not only you're right, but I don't there's I feel like most people are, are so busy with like the real important things of in their lives. We do it here. We talk about how families are important. We talk about how, you know, 
go get away from the cities that you know go have chickens all that all the stuff you know meet real people and at, be active in the real world one of the things that comes with that is the responsibilities and that means that you don't have the time to sit there and be up to date on it and it's it's a balance is i guess is what i'm saying you yes know? but joe biden gets elected and mm. you look at the charts and i understand we're we're in the know the, the, the economic charts show that wages dropped dramatically right after the time Biden starts signing these executive orders. And the uh, what is it? Wages drop and inflation skyrockets. Okay. This means there should be a real world translation that we all know about that should be impacting regular people to realize things are bad. That is, under Donald Trump, it, or before the pandemic, the best numbers of our lives, record low unemployment, the economy was booming. It was tremendous. Everybody agrees. Then Joe Biden gets elected and you can't get eggs. No, no eggs anywhere. Now, you're, I don't expect the average person to be like, let me go on my phone and look up why there's no eggs. I expect them to go to the store and be like, yo, where are the eggs at? Something's wrong. Or why do they cost so much when I can't? Or why are they six bucks? <laughs> like, what's going on? Something's Putin's inflation so, war. Something's that's the, crazy. That's the lie. But here's the issue. These people, like, do they not remember 2019? Do they not remember making tons of money and having cheap goods and going out and partying? Best numbers of our lives. They forgot it all. It has and, and now with all with everything being bad, you mentioned like we're in the know. Well, certainly there should be economic dissent. There should be families being like, why is my rent so high? Why are my insurance mm -hmm. rates going up? The, it hasn't hit them yet, though, because there was there was so the inflation is still going up. Just the other was it yesterday the Fed was talking about uh, they're not going to they're probably not going to uh, lower the uh, interest rates the next time they get together or they're probably going to raise them again because infl inflation's not going down as fast as they want. A lot of the reason why people aren't up in arms is because the squeeze hasn't hit enough people and it hasn't reached that critical mass. Not saying it's not coming. It's just that it hasn't really got to them yet. I really don't think that the average person has the real like the real pinch where it's like, oh man, I really need to stop complaining about this and really get up and go do something or else I'm not going to be able to feed myself or whatever. I don't think that that critical mass is hit yet. Yeah, that's the frog in the pot boiling mm -hmm. scenario. And they, I, I have heard this lull security, uh, false insecurity, where they say it's Putin's war that's causing the inflation. So I think people think <laughs> if we can just weather this inflation, once the war ends, it'll go it'll back be to over. normal. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's probably still people that believe it's transitory. That's one of the things that the government has been, had been telling the population for a, a year leading up to inflation getting really, really bad. Oh, it's transitory. Don't worry about it. It's only going to be short term. Every time that we that inflation was brought up for the past two years or past year or whatever, the 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 administration has downplayed it and done its best to probably responsibly keep the population from freaking out. But at some point they have to acknowledge, look, it's going to be it's not going to be as easy as it's not going to be a soft landing. We're going to probably go into a recession, probably a serious one. And until that happens, I don't think people are going to be like, oh, you know, things actually are bad. What do you think from a national security perspective about <clears throat> inflation? Does that concern you? Is it one of your when your big it bells? is one of the non sexy items from a national security perspective is inflation. If everything costs more then the defense of this country costs more. But the problem that we have is we just print money to the defense industrial complex. And I'm not saying as a former chief of staff of DOD who paved the way for one of those budgets and wrote a lot of those contracts and funded them. I call the five big CEOs of Boeing, Northrop Grumming, and all those major producers that we have, McDonnell Douglas. And I said, okay, look, a lot of the stuff you make, awesome, provides 
an invaluable asset to defend this country. And a ton of the stuff you make doesn't. I've literally seen you light billions of dollars on fire. So how do we strike that balance, right? And that's the problem when people don't know what inflation is, and then they just say, oh, it's a trillion dollars? Who cares if it's 1.1 trillion? No one actually really cares. And the people that care the least are the defense industrial complex because they take the check home no matter what, win or fail. And to me, that is something that whatever whoever's in the next administration, if you don't agree to take on those monsters in the defense industrial complex, it doesn't matter what the inflation numbers are. We are going to print money into a never-ending cycle. I also see inflation affecting domestic security in that you sure. get roving bands of hungry dudes and masks that go into restaurants and kick, kick tables over and grab stuff. Like, that's security. We need individual, like, local mm-hmm. security as well, which is a form of, you know, national security, the groundswell. That concerns You're me. You're talking about, you saw the video. The, yeah, the, another one today of yeah. like 14 dudes in masks yep. just wrecking a place in New York and <laughs> yep. oh, them not the, opening fire for some reason because it's New York City. Well, what, I mean, what, I, what is this? What is the story? Let me pull it up. It was, it was, it was just a video that I saw and, and obviously Ian saw it. There was just a bunch of dudes just ransacking this, this establishment. Uh, it looked like it was Asian owned. I don't know. Uh, I don't know any details. I only saw the video. I don't know who it was or whatever. I'm not pointing fingers or whatever. But uh, that's, not, that's not it. But how, how do I search for it? I don't know. I don't remember who it was that that posted it. But it was another, you know, essentially just another uh, video of, of people just ransacking. Andy No might have it. Lawlessness. I typed in City. mob to search mob. Like a real life Andy ver- No popped up first. A real life version of The Last of Us? <laughs> Maybe. People's brains being rotted by fungus. Andy Noe's been Ransacking. going hard on the Georgia terror attack. I mean, that's there's probably a good reason for that. It's so weird how I find myself becoming more conservative, just being in the presence. Well, let's of let's let's let's, let's pull up this story here from the it's Daily because, Mail. It's because of the left. They, all these I'm stories sure have been acting nuts. The uh, Daily Mail is where it's at. I mean, they've they've written up every single thing, and they've got photos of everything when it comes to this story. Oh, Very few God. outlets are covering the Antifa terror attack. Mm. Poor little rich boy, smirking suspected Antifa goon who helped attack Georgia Cop City, a son of NYC plastic furniture tycoon. He and his 22 cronies appear in court on terror charges. So not only are these people, many of them from out of state, mm-hmm. some international, they're rich kids. Yeah. Yeah. But here's... This, go ahead. No, no, I was going to... Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, this is another example of... It ties into the earlier conversation. I didn't comment on it. The biggest problem I have right now is a two-tier system of justice. And that's the biggest argument we need to advance, not the QAnon, Shannon, whatever that guy's name is, or certain videos depicting X, Y, and Z, but use it as a vehicle to say, look at how differently you can be treated by the justice system in the United States of America, depending on your political orientation. Go back to the Antifa riots of, not last summer, but the summer before that. Two uh, liberal attorneys, white shoe lawyers, firebombed a New York City police car. <laughs> And burned it to the ground with Molotov cocktails. And the judge called Literally. him a good, a good guy. Good guy. Federal. So they were charged, obviously, rightfully so. As a federal prosecutor, a federal public defender who defended people who did that stuff, that's a 10-year minimum mandatory federal prison sentence. You know what this DOJ did? Waived the charges, allowed the judge to go under the midman, and gave him basically probation. That's a two-tier system of justice. Mark my word, it's going to happen with this. So Ian just a moment ago said that he's finding himself becoming more conservative. But uh, I think the reality is in today, today's politics, conservative just means knowledgeable. Yeah. 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 Because because like I'm not more pro-life or any. Right. The the, the opinions of everyone in this room are not in complete alignment on core policy issues. 
they're in alignment on the facts. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the mobs attacking people that I, it's kind of my, my main issue. I don't like that stuff. I found that video, if you guys want to pull it up, from Yalen. I, I typed attack restaurant in Twitter and it popped up. Yeah, yeah, how do you pronounce yeah. it? Uh, I mean, how do you spell that? It's The Twitter account is Y-C-I-N-N-E-W. Oh, I found it. Yeah. Tim, to your point, we live in the logic. We'll pull that up in a second. We live in the logic of Herbert Marcuse. I've said this a bunch. Mm. It is, It is. we live in the uh, the logic of, of the left is okay to do whatever they want, and the right must be censored even at the level of thought. But how? And, and it's because people are scared of the left. That's how, yeah. But yeah. Uh, Cash, I fully agree with you, but how do we do that? I mean, I guess since the dawn of time, I imagine the king's uh, uh, you know, enforcement arm doesn't prosecute him mm-hmm. because, and as a leader, when are you going to be like, I'm under arrest? You know, like no leader, whatever that I've ever heard of, would do that to themselves. Um, but what, what, how would we do that? How would we prevent multiple tiers of justice from coexisting in a system. Okay, it's a massive overhaul. One, you have to control the executive branch of government, install an attorney general and the layers below him to eliminate prosecuting people based on religious orientation or political orientation, like the rescinded FBI memo f- uh, from last week that showed that the FBI was literally targeting Catholics. Um, in order to do that, you have to wipe out the FBI. I've always said this, the best way and wipe out the FBI, I mean the FBI headquarters component, right? The biggest problem in government is these monster headquarters components. The FBI headquarters building is the size of a New York City square block. What I would do if I was FBI director in the next Trump administration is close down the Hoover building and make it a free monumental museum for the deep state on how not to run <laughs> government and allow the world to go there for free. I'm not saying you don't need 50 people running the FBI, you do. But you take the 10,000 agents that are stuck there and their lawyers and you send them into the field to investigate child sex crimes, bank robberies, cartels, fraud. And you do the same thing with the DOJ headquarters building, which is just across the street and just as big. Why do you need 5,000 lawyers in one place telling you how to not do something or how to politically motivate your bosses and say and get them something that they just want? I worked with all these guys. All these guys that are producing these charges at DOJ for Jan 6 are literally people that I used to work with who have sent me subpoenas for January 6th. Literally sent me to the grand jury asking me about why I helped participate in X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, dude, I was literally there with you prosecuting terrorists. And you're doing this because I've been labeled a Trump guy. And you need to make yourself look good in front of your boss. You have to wipe out all of this personnel. Uh, Charlie Kirk said the similar thing about the RNC, decentralizing it, getting that big central. Because what they do is they have lunch meetings there. Then they go over on K Street and they hang out. And they all had a a little cabal that forms because it's so easy. But if they were far away from each other, then it becomes a challenge to uh, collaborate. But you also make people do like I every. Look, 98% of the guys I served with at the FBI want to go out and chase bank robbers and chase down terrorists and take out people who are harming children and reduce the drug trade. You know, there's a couple of bad actors and you got to eliminate them. The problem is they want to go go after terrorists, but then the upper level, like the top floor is telling them that American like yeah. Catholics are and terrorists. They go along with and them. that's why you Look, have to wipe yeah. out both. Look, you have decentralized, wipe out not just the upper level. That's it's not just the AG and the director. Abolish, you gotta, demolish the building. You got to do the undersecretaries, the chiefs, but, but and if, everything else. If these people are willing to go along with it, they're part of the problem. I totally agree, and they shouldn't be in there. I mean, this is the genesis of my book, Government Gangsters, which this government won't let me release right now. But the whole point is, you can go out there whether it's DOD, NSA, CIA, FBI, and I take flack for this all the time. And I'm like, yeah, it is not an easy fix. But there used to be a day when the FBI was just the FBI and DOJ was just the DOJ, prosecuting based on facts and law and not politics and religion. I saw a video this morning 
So uh, I wake up, and I, what was it? I think I got a, I got a clip sent to me to, uh, by Seamus of Freedom Tunes, and it's a funny Fauci cartoon. And then as soon as the cartoon ends, it rolls over to another video of police pulling over a 19-year-old football player and falsely charging him with a DUI. And you can even see after he blows the breathalyzer and the body camera footage, it says zero, zero, zero. (laughs) Why did they do that? Why why did this 19-year-old kid who was watching a football game, driving home, who did nothing wrong, and then he had a headlight out, so he had his brights on. It's like a normal thing. Mm -hmm. It happens to people. Your lights go out. You're like, well, I'll turn the brights on. Why why charge him with a DUI? And so the problem is I see things like this, that a police officer (laughs) falsely accuses a teenager of a DUI, but... And, and the police will run in terror like pathetic whiny crybabies when Antifa sets fire to their building in, Min- in Minnesota. They won't arrest these people. We can watch a video of 150 Antifa firebombing a, a government facility. Sure. And of course, there, there were 20 to 30 people getting arrested. But when you look at Portland, the cops just sit there and go, well, you know, go gee. But you'll, we, we see, why is it that we have... Too many instances of police giving up BS tickets and making false arrests, but we don't have too many videos of cops just arresting Antifa. Well, now we, at least this thing in Georgia, I love this, this is a situation. I hate it because it was a horrible thing to firebomb a group of people to firebomb a police facility, but it was great that they responded not by murdering people or not Good by save. killing. I love Good you. Good save. It's by issuing you. 35 arrests and, and sure. charging 23 people. Like that's the way the COVID hysteria is over for the most part. Now it's like, in fact, I think in one city, the governor or the mayor Adams in New York was saying, take your masks off before you go shopping. I don't want you going in there threatening thuggery. He's like, stores have to tell Isn't people to that remove the their masks. irony of ironies? Jeez, the mayor of New York City is saying, take your mask off. I have to wonder, Cash, if everything I said before about people being too stupid, it's in fact that the leadership is as stupid. Right? Of course. The leadership is, no, no, the leadership is evil. They're not stupid. <laughs> There's a distinction. Yeah. I've worked with all of these people. They are pure evil. The only thing the Pelosi's and the Schumer's and the, and the like care about in the world is being glorified in the media. That's it. What's my next headline? What's my next payday? How do I scam the stock market with my husband? How do I come out on top and be Speaker of the House for more than basically a decade? That is the tract that people come in behind them on and saying, I want to be the next her. I want to be the next him. They are evil. That's the problem. The people that follow them? Yes, stupid. I love that bit. You met. You mentioned term limits earlier, Phil, before the show got started. Do you think that would solve or at least disincentivize evil? Term, term limits on the bureaucracy. I, I think the bureaucracy is the problem. I think that the, the elected officials are not. I think the elected officials are self-centered and self-serving and that they do mostly do things to benefit themselves. I think that the bureaucracy is where the real power is. And I think the bureaucracy is the, mo- the biggest problem in the United States. Like the head of the FBI, term the F- limits? The F- any, of the, any of the alphabet soup uh, agencies. So your EPA, your FBI, your CIA, your, your ATF, your uh, FDA, your, all of them. The reason is because they make law. They make rules that have the effect of law with no repercussions from the population, from the voting populace. So we talk about how it's important that we're, de- demo- be, you know, we're a democracy. But the people that make the rules that you live by on a day-to-day basis are almost always unelected. So the, the, the government will decide we want to pass this law. And then whatever agency that has jurisdiction over the law or whatever the topic is, they will make the actual rules and the details to implement the law. So that's a whole layer of legislation creation that 
the population basically doesn't have any access to, has no ability to punish them if they do something wrong. So what you're talking about is like the beef patty of your burger. Yeah, that's the beef patty of the deep state. I agree. That's a novel concept that a lot of people aren't talking about. The FBI directors and CIA directors all have term limits. They're they're gone with every administration, right? Some should be shorter. That's a different argument. But these people that you're talking about are the ones that sit there and say, I don't care who the leader is. I'm going to do what we want to do, what the political radical left agenda is, because it's the popular one. And they stay and convince the leadership to do it and goose it through the system. That was one of the biggest problems in the Trump administration. And one more thing to your point is it's not just I understand and I agree that there are evil people, but there are there's also something that Tim talks about, the banality of evil. There are people that just go to work and want to go and make sure that they can go on vacation with their wife (laughs) and they want to just make sure their kids can go to school and get a good education and they come out of school and they can get good jobs for themselves and they just want to live a normal life so what they want to do is go to work and not make waves Mm. and you know what makes waves voting for donald trump or doing stuff like that you know i want to jump to this next story but before i do somebody super chatted about investing in culture and that I've, i've talked earlier about how we have to build culture and there's an idea we've been thinking about. Uh, someone floated to us a while ago about giving a grant or a gift of a large sum of money to a member once per month. And I thought, you know what? That's actually a really good idea. So we're going to do it on a whim to do I, what with though? To like uh, for a creative uh, cultural endeavor. Oh, cool. So on a whim, just literally right now, as I watched a super chat go by, I am announcing first, we got to check the legalities of this, but uh, once per month, if legal and possible, we will select somebody uh, to receive a $10,000 grant towards a cultural endeavor. So that means if you're working on a comic, a podcast, a show, music, or something, and you're a member of the site, then we're going to work out a way that you can submit. And I, I imagine we won't even get that many submissions. There could only be like 10 people who end up saying like, hey, I'm putting a comic together. And it's like wow. they get the, 10 bu- the, the 10K every month because they're working on it. But uh, that's a good point. I want to see people build culture, and that's more important than anything I could ever buy. So if you're, so the first thing I got to do is talk to the lawyer and the accountant, uh, <laughs> because the, you might not be able to. They might consider it like a sweepstakes or something. Oh, I get it. It took yeah. me a, a year to stand up the foundation because of obstacles right. like that. And then sure. giving away money. This is hilarious. Giving away money is the hardest thing I've ever done. <laughs> Why? It's impossible. Because they're, they're because they're, they, they will hunt you they're down. They're concerned about tax evasion and stuff like that. They might argue that if we do a thing where you have to be a member in order to receive money, then you're you're in a raffle or something. So we might make it so that you don't have to be a member at all. Yeah. But then it kind of feels unfair to the people who are supporting us to not be, you know. So we'll take a look into it. But we will start probably this month, once a month, taking submissions. We'll probably create an email address for it. And you can submit like, hey, I want to make this thing. And then once per month, we'll pick somebody and say, this is our winner for the month. Send you a check for 10K to start working on that. And the stipulation is, we trust you. Please do it. If you don't, well, have fun with the money. You figure that out, and at Thanksgiving and Christmas time, I'll match your pledge. That'll be cool. Yeah, I just, we in order to win a culture war, you need culture, right? I was talking about this I'm because in. Bandcamp took our music down. I saw that. Yeah, we, I don't know. We don't know why. They haven't They didn't give us. you a reason? Nope. Just gone. And so, but, Did you play a certain song recently, or like, just out of the blue? Like, boom. One day we went to check. We're, 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 we're putting up a new song that we just filmed a music video for in a few weeks, and it's gone. Three songs, all three charted on Billboard, and they're just wiped off of their website. Whoa. And so that's, that's why I said the real thing that threatens the woke and the establishment is culture, because you can't win a culture war if you're not making culture. We can sit here and complain all day and night, mm-hmm. and you can complain as you're getting swirled down the toilet. But you make something, now you're inspiring young people. So 
fair point. Someone said invest, and I say, okay, all right, let's do it. Yeah, uh, it's t- a no brainer. The, the Timcast, we may, maybe we have the, uh, maybe we'll figure out a way to go through the nonprofit or something. Whatever is the most legal and secure way to do it. Maybe it'll just be me personally giving someone a gift. I don't know. We just got to make sure we do it right. So I'm not saying we. I know. I know for sure we can because they might come back and be like, no, that violates these laws, or you got to file these paperwork. So we'll you know, one way I figured out through the Cash Foundation to do it legally. We, we started uh, this summer, we're going to fund summer camps for individuals who want to go to like whatever, music, art, sports, who can't afford it to, you know, go down the cultural road, expand that's their great. horizons is a way to do it that's easy. It's not the ultimate solution that you're talking about be as expansive as you want it to be, but I'm sure there's kind of a summer camp to be the next Tim Pool if we could, maybe we should create one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the challenge with uh, just giving money away is that there's no guarantee it's going to do anything for anybody. Because, that's true too. you know. So it may help someone get better equipment and everything, but if they're not making something that functions, you know, so we'll try and pick the best people. Maybe if you're working on a board game, you're working on a, uh, oh, songs or something like just something that will be fun and, and expand the culture in the right direction. We'll start investing in that. What but, if you and cash and someone else that can invest, do your own version of Shark Tank, but for cultural stuff? I mean, we had the idea of doing a nonprofit Shark Tank. Yeah. Like, you know, people come in and, some, and at request donations for their charity. Let I'm me, be, let me be the host. I'll I'm be in. like the Heidi Klum. Done. <laughs> let's, 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 let's do a cultural Shark Tank thing. All I'm right. In. Yeah. All right. Let's write that down. Today on Shark Tank. It'll be my cheap voice. I'll have that deep voice. Yeah, I'll wear a many, suit. Do you know how many people would watch that? It'd be hot. It would be a bazillion people yeah. would turn that on to be like, forget all the garbage TV. You are actually helping young Americans or just Americans in general advance novel ideas and culture and you're not doing it for I profit. Wonder, who, who's, who, who are some rich people we know who we can rope into this? And I got a few. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that I'll be down. I mean, there's a lot of people who are libertarian, moderate, post-liberal right. or whatever, Cross conservative, political. who are like, we need to win the culture war. And so we need to just scattershot if we could get 100 people every month working on cultural endeavors, wow. sooner or later, one of those things is going to hit. Yep. And then when it does, you've got culture building in the right direction. And that's something more powerful than what the left can do. Not to mention, you're going to get a lot of young people who are like, look, my real opportunity is going to be over here, not Hollywood, because Hollywood mm-hmm. is, is elitist. Yep. And these guys might actually give me the grant I need to make the comic book this I want to write. This well, thanks amazing. to Super Chatters. I think, it's yeah. a, I think it's a good idea. So, Okay. We'll do this. We'll explore the 10K Timcast gift or whatever it needs to be legally if we can. If we can't, I don't. I, I want to make sure I'm careful when I, how I say this. They may not let us do it. Uh, but if that's the, the case, then maybe we just do a show that's like a Shark Tank, but for, for cultural endeavors. And then we ask people to come in and pitch us your idea. I think it would be funny if for the most part, people come in just always win. It's like we brought them in because we like what you're doing. So like, I'm in. Here's money. Go make more of this stuff. There you go. You know? And it's so, a feel, then it's a feel good show, you know? Yeah. Like we act like we're going to, I I don't know if I'm in, but I'm in, <laughs> yeah. you know, something like that. Yes. But any, anyway, I, uh, we'll, we'll elaborate maybe uh, closer towards uh, at, near the super chat. I want to go back to the cultural stuff we we're talking about and tell you why. Take a look at this video that Ian just told me to pull up. It is Yatin Chu says this video is going viral on WeChat. Fish Village, a restaurant in College Point, Queens, was ransacked by a gang of masked kids in hoodies. We've fallen so low that there's no expectation of consequences for this horrific attack on private property. And uh, here's the video. It's crazy. Just a bunch of people in masks and hoodies. 
They didn't wanted. take anything? They didn't take anything. They just destroyed all. That's all they did. You have no property rights in New York City. Wait, wait, did any of these guys get arrested? Of no. course not. Come on. No. I, I mean, look, 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 I'm assuming they didn't get arrested, but why would they get arrested? It's New York. True. True. I was just, I guess I was still hopeful. But you got Eric Adams saying, stop wearing masks indoors because of this stuff. Or what? he's telling businesses to <laughs> make people remove their masks. Why would Isn't anybody open a business in New York? It's already going to cost you, a, it's going to cost, like literally, you probably need at least a million dollars to open a business, it's, I imagine. And then you're going to have people ransack it. The cops aren't going to do anything. If, you, if someone attacks you and you defend yourself, you're going to go to jail. There is nothing at all what, the, attractive what's, about what's, New York. There, there's like, this old this old trope and old joke about someone buys a house in an area mm-hmm. and then they go out and the, they hear a gunshot one day and they panic and they, you know, they, they look outside and there's a neighbor standing in the yard and he says, he waves them off and they come outside and did you hear that? He goes, no, 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 don't worry about it. You know, once a week or so I fire one off to keep the property the t- property taxes low. Like there's an old joke about that or something, yep. like a TV show. Yeah, I saw, I saw I, it, there's it, a, a TikTok about that's that. That's what recently. they're doing? It, it feels like What's happening in New York, people are fleeing, wealthy people are fleeing. And we already heard from de Blasio during the pandemic, he was going to buy up these buildings for pennies on the dollar and convert them into government housing. So is what's happening being allowed to happen so that the property values of New York collapses so the state can seize it all up for pennies on the dollar and then there might know, create there a might, communist hey, utopia. Might be elements of it. I think it's overwhelmed. I think that the, the law enforcement's overwhelmed. I mean, just a group of, how many are there? 18, 15 people? Like, even, there are probably half of them are armed. I don't the, know, my the, guess. The New York City Police Department is like the sixth largest army on earth. 34,000. 34,000 police officers. They are not outgunned. Oh, yeah, they are. 30,000 versus 17 million people. Well, no, no, no. I'm talking about against... Yeah, but that, that would be that 17 million people were criminals. They're not like... The number of criminals in a, in a city matters because like the people that are committing crime are the people that continuously commit crime. The reason that people, their crime goes up or has been going up is because they let people that are criminals out of jail to commit more crimes. Yeah. That, so look, I'm a New Yorker and a bunch of my buddies are on the NYPD and I served with them when I was on the joint terrorism task force. What they're doing now is they're literally standing there because they're not allowed to go and make these arrests. They're not allowed to go and do these searches and everybody has body cams and they have to be on at all times and they're not allowed to go do the basic police work, the stop and frisk, and they can't stop people like this because they know the attorneys, the attorney generals and the state attorney general's offices will chuck cases out that they bring like this because it doesn't meet a specific narrative. It's a compounding effect. This is why New York City is terrible now. It's not the New York I grew up in back in the day and people don't want to go in there anymore. And it's why people are leaving. They're moving to Florida and Texas and wherever, Idaho, wherever West, Virginia. Virginia, West Virginia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard that's a nice place spot. to be. Yeah. We've got uh, some new friends who are in uh, New York for a while. They're down in this area now. And so it's, it's close enough to a bunch of airports. West Virginia itself is still this beautiful mountain country. Mm-hmm. But if you drive north a couple hours, you're in Pittsburgh. You drive to the east a couple, uh, an hour or so, you're in D.C. You and go south to Richmond. So there's, there's urban life. Mm-hmm. You know, we can fly people in. There's, an, there's opportunity out here. But people are leaving the city. And I have to wonder if it's on purpose. That's the, that's the point. We talk about how they're not allowed to arrest these people. And that's, that's an interesting question. Why would that be the case? What does the city gain by telling police not to arrest and well, charge these look, people? It's a, it's a combination narrative. It's not a one-off. The, the, the left set out to 
have an opposite of a law enforcement agenda. They said no cash bail. We are going to let everybody arrested, even for severe felonies, out on the streets. We are going to let illegal immigrants uh, charged with other crimes, and we find out we're illegals, we're not going to detain them. We're going to release them. When you do all that and you bring in people to the justice system and you tell your prosecutors, we're not going to charge low-level drug offenses, we're not going to charge low-level robberies, it's a compounding effect that basically says to low-level offenders, you're going to get away with this. And even if you're a medium to serious level offender, there's now a 50-50 chance no one catches you. And if they do, the charges might get dropped. So what do criminals do? Become bigger criminals. And that New York City, San Francisco, Chicago, Chicago last year literally had a child under the age of five shot a month. One child under the age of five shot a month and killed. That doesn't happen in any other city unless you're in Lori Lightfoot, who just got the boot, because they said, we are not going to take on gang violence. We are not going to take on gun crimes. And when you're arrested for one of those, you're right back on the street. We're not doing cash bail. And there's theory that goes along with why they don't do, why they want to not prosecute, right? So the, to the left, people that commit crimes, they're victims of society's circumstances. So if they're a victim of society's circumstance and they carry out a crime and they victimize someone else, if you punish the person that carried out the crime, you've literally made two victims. You've double victimized them. So they victimize the person that they attack or whatever, but they're already a victim of society. So if society punishes them, they're a victim again. So society is victimizing them over and over. And it, it's it's creating more crime is according to the left. Now I think that is a load of crap, but <laughs> that's the that's the the philosophy and the theory behind the idea of no cash bail, let people out of jail if they've committed petty crimes, etc. So I mean whether or not you believe that theory or not, that is the the working ideology and why the policies are being implemented the way they and are. The genesis was this farce that they were somehow trying to solve a racial inequity in the criminal justice system by saying, oh, this is unfair to black and brown people. Um, so we have to do a total 180 on supporting anything law and order. You know what the hypocrisy of it all is? Do you know want to know the two individuals who have put more black people in prison than any two individuals in American history? Barack Obama. No, he, uh, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. Kamala yeah. Harris, when she was the attorney general of California, imprisoned more black men than any attorney general in the state of California's history. Joe Biden implemented, wrote, and drafted and passed the 98 crime bill, which imprisoned more black men for cocaine and crack possession than any crime bill in U.S. history. Was, was that 98 or 94? 98. 98, oh. Yeah. And then didn't uh, Trump worked on uh, criminal, justice, criminal justice reform? Actual reform. Actual mm -hmm. reform. That's funny. And, they, and he's the racist guy. He's a racist. Like Joe Biden's been in office also, he for employed, 50 some odd years. Trump employed a brown guy. So he's a racist guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, but, you know, you're the, I'm the, the uh, token white guy. No, the uh, are you are you Indian? Is it? I'm Indian. Yeah. The Indian face of white supremacy. Yeah. I want to make sure I got it right. <laughs> Larry Elder's the black face of white right, supremacy. Right, right, right. So. That's true. That's fair <laughs> You get to I be like the that. Indian face. I like that. I'll take it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's. Look, anyone who, who pays attention knows that there's a meaningless statement, but the fact that someone falls for the narrative of Larry Elder, blackface of white supremacy, it's like, if you're going to fall for that, I, I don't know how we, how we communicate with these people and affect change. You can't. You, well, they're voting. <laughs> you do. <laughs> you got to be a beacon, a lighthouse, but don't shine the light directly in their eyes because it'll blind <laughs> them and cause them pain. You got to just be there for when they need you. you need to get, we need to get the ideologies out of the schools. I think oh, I think one of the reasons for going after the schools is to make sure people are so stupid they will always just vote 
100% absolutely. 100%. The more time you spend actually thinking about the dynamics of oppression when you're in math class, the less time you're spending on math. <laughs> and history. Yeah, and that's, that's literally the point. Like, they want to have generative issues. They want to have issues that teach mm -hmm. politics as opposed to the topic they're supposed to be learning. And eventually, that will turn into, like, buildings falling down in your society and planes not getting off the ground and Chernobyl. Yeah, you need, for math, it's a language. You need people that are, like, autistically observant of math Easy. and not diff diffuse, <laughs> not, like, distracted by anything, really, a bad home life, people telling you you're racist because of your skin color. Like, you need to be able to do calculations and build buildings. Good point. Real-life translation of math is architecture. It, it's acceptable to t teach politics and have kids learn politics, but it, it there are... You don't want to do it in every single class. And that's what the influence of the left is doing. They're using they're using math and they're using English and they're using, uh, you know, whatever, whatever course they can to generate political questions. That's the whole reason with the, the, the LGBT issues in school. They use that to generate political questions among children so they can teach kids political ideology. I'm uh, Corey DeAngelis has been uh, school choice is popping off. I'm trying to find some tweets from him, but uh, something big happened. Now we've got 26 to eight vote in Arkansas Senate passed the governor's bill to fund students instead of systems. According to Corey DeAngelis passed the house 78 to 21 goes to uh, Governor Huckabee. That Sanders. stuff is that stuff is good. And it's it's not a bad thing. But you the problem that's going on in our schools now is in the schools of education. So it's all of the teachers. So it doesn't matter if you're going with. A, this school or that school, if you're going to the public school or you're going to the private school, if they're all getting teachers that went to the same schools, you see the problem? It's if you're, your schools of education, your schools that teach teachers how to be teachers, if they're teaching teachers to use the methods that are that are critical theories, essentially, then that's going to be put into all of your schools. So whether it's your private schools, your public schools, whatever, they're all corrupted. This might fund homeschooling as well. If someone wants to teach from home, they get $13,000 a year grant that's or something. Great. I'm not sure, but hopefully it does. Let's jump to this story we got from TimCast.com. Daily Wire investigative reporter to resign, citing inflammatory statements on transgenderism. I'll give you the quick version. This is Christina Buttons of the Daily Wire announced she was resigning because Matt Walsh was mean and that due to his inflammatory comments on about Dylan Mulvaney, there were people who are good people and not gender ideologues who are trans who are receiving a lot of heat from this and getting attacked. And thus, Christina Button's argument is you've got to try and persuade the middle and convince them to come over. Mm. Whereas Matt Walsh's argument is you have to humiliate and denounce and uh, belittle your political enemies. This is interesting because uh, I completely understand the argument from Christina Buttons, but I'm going to go ahead and side with Matt Walsh on this one. I've been doing this for too long. I've, I've been in politics my whole life, cultural politics like activism and stuff like that. And I used to work for nonprofits and I learned a long time ago, this is 13 years ago, man, maybe even longer than that, 14, they're all lying. These, <laughs> these people are evil people yeah. at these nonprofits, these big NGOs. They claim to be big environmentalists. They're lying to people for money. They will claim that they'll say things like, oh, our, our poor homeless shelter is filled to the brim with homeless people and we need money from you so that we can expand. And then you actually go and look, it's completely empty. And they say, well, no one really wants to be here because you can't take drugs when you're in the homeless shelter. So we just tell people that. And I'm, this is the kind of thing that they pull off. 
Plus, you need six-figure salaries for every board member. Well, I mean, I mean, the people at the top are getting paid fat cash, Mm -hmm. depending on the size of the nonprofit. And so Matt Walsh comes out and says, you know, we've got to be mean to the people who are committing these problems. I don't think anyone's saying be mean to trans people necessarily. Mm -hmm. There's I I take it as a reference to corrupt individuals who are evil. So previously in the show, we were talking about on the left, you have predominantly evil people who know they're lying and ignorant people or people who lack the ability to better understand people being taken advantage of more or less. We want to denounce and be mean to those evil people. Otherwise, I see stories like this, and it makes me think this is why we lose. Because we just played a video of people ransacking a a restaurant in Queens. Mm -hmm. We just played a video, uh, uh, I played a video this morning of 150 Antifa storming into a government facility, firebombing construction equipment. The left rules by fear and violence, and the right can't even manage to say a naughty word. You know, I don't want, I, I think <laughs> it's better to not, not to be mean to evil people, but to control them so that they <laughs> do what you want them to do. Like they're mob mentality, so it's easy to manipulate them. And it's, you're better off being kind and then them trusting you so that you can control them. Here's the thing. How do you control Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer? You become AMC. friends with her grandson. I don't know. You get through the family. You know, you get to connect them on a, on a familial level. <laughs> and then like they'll manipulate listen to you. them. For real. Yeah. That's how you win culture. I mean, let's be honest. You make a song that manipulates people to sing and clap and like, it's all manipulation. <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, manipulation is not necessarily evil. Manipulation is just moving things around with your hands. It's it's controlling and manipulating society and people and behaviors and machines and but all that stuff. Here's I, the, I think it's a fair point from for Ian. We want to manipulate the culture in a positive direction. That's absolutely fine. that's fine. But I, I think I think some of what you're saying, at least a central theme in my opinion of what you're saying, the reason this is the way it is, is because the left. No matter their differences, they always unify hardcore on whatever is their line of effort or their messaging campaign for the week, the month, the year. Conservatives, Republicans, whatever you want to call them, on the other side, don't. We are always a divisive faction. Even when we know what everyone else in our group is saying is correct, for some reason we have a personal petty difference with them and they go out and launch an an even bigger opposition than the radical left does. Let, Let me show you this story from the New York Post. New York Magazine art critic Jerry Saltz calls for shunning friends and family who vote GOP. So let's compare and contrast the two (laughs) articles. In one, a reporter for the Daily Wire says, I refuse to work at a place where they're mean. I quit. And then on the other hand, you've got the New York Magazine critic saying, shun your friends and family if they vote in ways that that you're opposed to. You see the difference in in, in the culture war here? Yep. You know, so when Matt Walsh comes out, and the, the, the meanest that Matt Walsh was, we said, you are, you are eerie and pitiable and unearthly. You look plastic. I'm like, he didn't cuss. It was just kind of like a slow downward description of an individual. It was, mm-hmm. it was insulting, but it wasn't the most insulting thing. He would not win a rap battle by that. Nobody would be shocked, you know, but it was mean, <laughs> right? Yeah. Meanwhile, so, so you, you've got tons of people who are critical of Matt Walsh mm-hmm. to, gr- to varying degrees for being mean. For saying this. Yeah, yeah. Matt, Matt Walsh said, you are eerie, you are okay. off-putting. When people look at you, they will see something pitiable and plastic. And it was like, that's how he said it. And that, that's unacceptable. The right will not accept that. I won't allow that. that. That talk is mean. Meanwhile, the left is like, you firebomb a police car and the judge says you're a good dude. That, that, that lawyer who firebombed <clears throat> the car, the cop was like, well, I know you're a good person at heart. So, you know, we're going to give you a slap on the rest here. Yeah. 
Or if you're a la- you're a lawyer in the FBI and you're anything but pro Trump, you can go lie to a federal judge, be convicted as a felon, not go to prison, and get your legal license back. Who, who's hey, that? Who hey, are you talking about? Kevin Kleinsmith. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he, he, he altered the uh, email, right? The the. Yeah. Evidence on Carter Page. So, yeah, for real quick, for those that don't know, the critical email when I was doing the Russiagate investigation was Carter Page is a Russian asset. Sounds really sexy and be like, oh, man, we really got to follow this guy. Well, it turns out the FBI knew the entire time that Carter Page was helping the FBI and the CIA productively, not being spied on. And the lawyer at the FBI, Kevin Kleinsmith, literally took a document and changed the verbiage and then gave it to a federal judge saying, I need a warrant. Carter Page is a bad man. But... We, we have all this evidence of him actually helping the United States of America. Do, do, do you guys remember all those stories that we've seen over the past few years where a liberal has announced that they're leaving the left because of Antifa firebombing police vehicles? Tons of Antifa being like, I will not be Antifa. I can't believe they were saying those mean things to those conservatives. Yeah. It happens all the time, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Literal T- terrorists. And, and, I, 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 re- I remember that viral video of the Antifa guy. He comes out and he goes, I didn't realize they were going to be firebombing buildings. So... The joke, obviously, is that, that that's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. There, there it's, are, a, it's a pipe dream. There are liberals who are like, I was never really involved, but now that I see what they're doing, I don't want to be involved in that. But you don't typically see, although it happens sometimes, but you, you, you don't see a circumstance in which an Antifa guy shows up to an Antifa rally and then leaves saying, I didn't realize they were going to throw Molotov cocktails. They're, yep. they're down for it. They're all down for it. So what do you think the justification of the reasoning is, say, I don't know if you saw this, but the Russell Brand clip on um, Bill Maher. Was it Bill Maher? Yes. Or whatever it was, yep. where he basically blasted everybody with that idea. Well, well we, we, we talked about this a couple times. He's wrong. Russell Brand is completely <clears throat> wrong. I, I should say completely wrong. It's a little, a little heavy. He's mostly wrong. What do you mean? He's, he's partly right. He said MSNBC is like the same as Fox News. They're just as biased. Mm-hmm. NewsGuard rates Fox News as credible, but pretty with caution. Mm-hmm. And they rate MSNBC as crackpot BS. <laughs> okay. So All when, right, when you get an saying. independent okay. news agency that's like the New York Times is the bastion of journalism, the gray lady, and ABC News and CBS and the Washington Post are 100% certified. And MSNBC is crackpot nonsense. Don't trust them. And Fox News is okay. And it speaks to your point, or it speaks to the, the broader point that we're making when Russell Brand just saying this is looked at as serious pushback when you, and yet at the same time, when you look at the actual facts like NewsGuard and stuff like that, it's like, well, maybe, maybe he, he, they aren't the same, but just the pushback that Russell gave is enough for people to be like, yeah, man, he's right. Da, 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 because it's, it's so skewed. The challenges are, you know, I understand the idea of saying MSNBC is like Fox News because I've, I've said similar things to friends and family. Like if you know somebody who watches MSNBC, use NewsGuard, show them that they say it's fake news conspiracy and dismiss them as conspiracy theorists and, and, and equate them with what they associate as conspiracy. So I... I was talking to a friend and they were like, my family only watches MSNBC. I can't talk to him about any of this stuff. And I said, next time you're, you're over there, just say something like, ah, I don't watch this conspiracy stuff. I don't know. You guys, this is weird stuff. Mm-hmm. And then when they say, what do you mean? It's news. Be like, wait, the Alex Jones stuff? Like, is that what you're watching? Equate them with what they dislike. They will, so they can understand what you're accusing them of doing. And then when you're like, well, I don't know what he does. Isn't that what he's, he's not on that one? No, look. Then you can pull up NewsGuard and say, see, look, it says you're fake news. Uh, you guys, you, you got to understand this, right? So I understand the argument from Russell, or I should say in favor of Russell's statement, that for people who think Fox News is completely fake garbage nonsense, you're equating what they do with what they view as fake garbage nonsense. 
maybe then you can step them in the right direction towards actually watching Fox and realizing, you know, 95% of Fox News is really boring, straightforward news. And the only complaints the left has is like Hannity and Ingram. Well, they really <laughs> don't like Tucker, for sure. But that's just because he's influential. But it's like the, the, the opinion stuff they take issue with. The news reporting at Fox News is, is news. MSNBC doesn't have news reporting. It's all well, garbled yeah, garbage I nonsense. Completely agree with you. Yeah. It's all narrative. It's all it's all exactly what the narrative the that the DNC and the left want to put so, out. That's what it is. So I think from a from an honest perspective, any objective view of Fox News would not equate it with MSNBC. So, so that's where he's wrong. I agree with you on that. But the fact that guys like him and Bill Maher are actually going out there and basically taking a sledgehammer to a piece of the radical left-wing agenda for putting out the dumb narratives that they put out, I think is a step in the right direction, whether they're, they're never going to go all the way because they're not going to come out and see Fox News is the greatest or whatever conservative right. publication is amazing. But at least they're calling out their own bozos. But may, may, their, may, maybe they BS. need to. Maybe they need to. You know, look, man, <clears throat> I think Joe Rogan should have endorsed Donald Trump in 2020. Well, I think he should endorse him in 2024, but he's not going to. May, I, that's not, he maybe. Might. In 2020, I think it was 2020, he said something like, or maybe it was after he said, I wouldn't vote for Joe Biden because he's he's broken, but I didn't vote for Trump either. Now, recently, Joe said, I would vote for Trump before I would vote for Joe Biden, which is a little bit of a step in the right direction. You really think that he's going to go all the way over? I wouldn't. If someone came to me, like if, if Joe called me up and said, look, man, here's the truth. I really did vote for Trump. I'd be like, oh, that doesn't surprise me at all. But I don't I if, if he says he didn't, then I believe him that he didn't. Joe's no, I got that. no reason to lie or anything like that. I just think. Anyone who's honestly in this space, and especially, look, man, I go on, uh, I went on Rogan's show, it was like a year and a half ago now, it was like November, year and three months, uh, four months, and uh, we talked about ivermectin. And I I said, I I don't think it does what, you know, the right thinks it does. I think that there's a tribal perspective on all of this, and they want for there to be some kind of treatment that's natural, it it fits. But I I just don't know. And look, I'll I'll, I'll admit, I'm not a doctor, so don't look at me. I'm not a scientist. I've just looked at a bunch of stories. I think the mainstream media is lying about most of it. They call it horse pace. That's BS. But Joe was the other direction. Joe was definitive, like, no, he thinks it works. It's all in, yeah, I remember. And I'm like, if that's where you're at, you're further than I am in terms of distrusting the media and calling it out, why wouldn't you vote for Donald Trump? Like, certainly you understand and you know. I'll tell you why I didn't vote for Don last time, because of the COVID handling the way he handed the keys to the anthony fauci and was like hey medical community do whatever you want to the human race that's like dude you're our last line of defense as the president that's we need you to protect us from corporate malfeasance and the pharmaceutical industry if there was ever a malfeasant industry after the opioid crisis you would wonder i mean that's the one the military industrial complex is up there but i don't know and you cannot speak for him i know that but i'm asking you since you work so closely with him what was the what was the process there why this is when i go on the road and do speaking engagements this comes up every single time and I was so okay. Rewind the clock. COVID's jumping out. I'm deputy director of national intelligence in charge of the intelligence community, doing the presidential daily briefing, going to brief President Trump, saying this is what we think happened. This is where we think coming from. It came from. What do you want to do? Ban travel from China, etc. Right. <clears throat> and what we didn't have fidelity on, a lot of fidelity on, was what to do. Right. What are we? We are in the middle of a once in a century, maybe two century uh, play. And half the world is screaming for us to come up with some cure, vaccine, whatever you want to call it. The other half of the world is saying, let us live, just do what we need to do. 
And what Trump did at the time, and if I think if you rewind the clock and said we did, and I defend Operation Warp Speed, I ran it at Department of Defense when I was chief of staff. And I, I defended it because I said, we didn't make it mandatory. We gave everybody an option. And the only logistical component on planet Earth that can roll that thing out in the speed with which we did was the DOD. And I think he was right to make it an option. Do I think, had we the evidence we do now, we didn't know Fauci was like a serial liar and hated everything we did and would just literally suppress evidence, this, like this memo that just came out this week. We had no idea. Had we an inkling of that, we probably wouldn't have listened to it. But look at it this way. What if we were back then, COVID's running rampant, and we do no vaccine? We just sit there. We say, wear masks, do your ventilator thing, which turned out to be another fake line of effort, and do nothing. It, I don't think it was a win either way, but I do agree with you. Had we had the intelligence, we should and would have done it very, very differently. I think Trump trusted too many deep state, deep state stooges. Yeah, Fauci, right? I mean, that's Burke's Fauci. I mean, <clears throat> bring on Bolton was mostly a mistake. I say mostly because there's a fair point that I can't remember who brought it up, that when Trump went to negotiate with foreign world leaders and they saw Bolton or heard about that Bolton was on, they panicked and were like, whatever you say, Trump, please don't blow us up. I mean, <clears throat> I think it was mostly Trump and not Bolton. I mean, I was in there. I worked for, for Bolton for a little bit. Um, the reason he got out, he got ousted was because he is exposed to be an actual deep stater. But we just didn't figure that out. And we should have about the Fauci and Burks of the world yeah. ahead of time. And, and that's the problem. It's not a great answer. It's not, it's not what you want to hear, you know, from your leadership at the time. You, we wish we had gotten it all right. But if we had come out and said, don't take, we have no vaccine, stay the course, live in your homes, do nothing. I don't know that the reaction would have been different from the other half of the population. Cash, was there? Oh, I, 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 real quick, I want to add to that. Look, no matter what the Trump administration did during COVID, the media was coming for him. Oh, yeah. End of story. Yeah. If, if Trump came out on day one and said, the, to the American people, did the address and says, there is a real risk of COVID. We are not sure what the, what the mortality rate is going to be, but it may be very high. Pay attention to local news reports to figure out wh where we're at. And the, and the federal government will be tracking and addressing this and providing, providing information. But the choice is yours. Keep that in mind as you go shopping, yeah. whether you will be safe, whether you will take treatments and talk to your doctor. And that's the guidance we have for you. If he did that, then the media would report it across the board. Trump abandons America. Yeah. We, he's we he's doing nothing. We, he's we doing nothing. Winning. Look, and that COVID is the extreme example because obviously it's the most impactful for everyday lives around the world. But pick whatever national security issue I was working on. Trump was always on the wrong side. I was in the situation room heading up counterterrorism when we killed Baghdadi which I thought was the right move to eliminate the world's worst terrorist. We wake up the next morning and CNN writes an article saying, why did you take out a Muslim cleric? <laughs> what, was, it, was, it, was it Baghdadi that they called an austere scholar Washington yeah. Post? Yeah. The so, like, yeah. scholar. <laughs> that's the, like, it doesn't matter what the issue was. Had we taken him out, had we not taken him out, they would have woken up the next day and say, why didn't you take out the world's worst terrorist? You're, you're, you had him. You're 100% right. But I, I, I want to I wanna ask you, since we got you, moving forward, like, so say he gets elected, right? Mm -hmm. My biggest criticism with Trump is the people that he, that he picked, yep. right? And I think that that's probably the biggest criticism that most people are going to have. Yep. I think that he dropped the ball, that a lot of the, mm -hmm. the stuff that we're dealing with, with the quote-unquote woke people and stuff like that, I think that he wasn't on... He wasn't on the ball with that stuff, and I think that he would be probably better about it, but that really will depend on who he appoints because he's 100%. the president and he's not going to be doing that full-time, even though, in my opinion, that's the the most clear and present threat to the United States right now um, is that ideology. 
what do you think he's going to do if he gets elected again? And what kind, what, what do you know? What kind of people is he going to appoint now? Because he he's already run through a whole lot of deep state scumbags to go through. I mean, is he going to like try and find fresh, you know, fresh blood to come in and and actually do serious cuts at the at at the federal and, and bureaucratic? Uh, so. Here's the good news, <clears throat> and it's, it's thank you so much for allowing me a shameless plug for my book, Government Gangsters, because it answers all your questions. It's on pre-order at governmentgangsters.com. And you but, didn't pay me to do that. Yeah, but look, the deep state cannot exist without the fake news mafia and the personal that you're talking about. And the reason that I took so much time to write this book was to answer these questions. If Trump wins again, or anyone wins again, how do we get it right? And it's personnel, personnel, personnel across the board. 100%. But what you have to do is identify what we talked about earlier and show the personnel that are failing this government and fire them. It's a complete falsehood that you can't fire government employees and terminate them. It is a total falsehood of the radical left. You can eliminate them. That, that, that's what I want to say real quick. It's not just personnel. It's, in addition to that, the removal of personnel. Yeah. No, 100%. So when I was at DNI, I fired 10% of the workforce. How did well, I do that? That's a start, but yeah, the rookie but numbers. But I'm just saying, right? That's a start. That's a, that's a few thousand people. But what I'm saying is, A, it's a farce. It's a fictional narrative that they created that you can't zero out these people. It's not called straight up firing, but you literally zero them out in the course of 31 days. Not hard to do. Then you bring in the bench. And I will tell you from a national security, defense, law enforcement, intel perspective, that there are people through all rungs of government that want to serve that America first mission, as Donald Trump describes it, which I believe in. And so you have to install them. And I think the other thing, and I've had many conversations with Donald Trump about this. I said, look, Rod Rosenstein, Chris Ray, all your guys, Bill Barr, your guy, Gina Haspel, your guy, Mark Esper. I remember being involved in firing some of these people. He has learned like he he came in as a businessman and said, well, maybe I should trust some of these people in government and some of the traditional Republican people telling me hire X, Y and Z. Now we know all the people that are on the bad list, on the government gangster list. Like, don't ever talk to not only those people that we fired. Don't take anyone else from anyone that told you to hire those people. So not only do we have a definitive in list, we have a definitive out list. And I think it's it's going to give him a much better footing. And I also think you're going to start seeing certain people surround him that will be in another Trump administration that people are going to be like, okay, we don't have to guess who's going to be the head of DOD, who's going to be head of NSA, who's going to be the head of CIA. And I think maybe you'll start seeing some of those outlines come out. This is just my opinion, but this is one of the things that I think that Trump needs to get his people out there talking about ASAP. He's already admitted that, or he's already committed to running. So he needs people out there talking about fixing the things in the future because he likes to look at the past mm -hmm. and talk about the past and, and complain too much. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. One look, thing look, is the uh, open quick. sourcing just of voting. Let me, let me, if you're going to be, you're advising Trump, advise him to just focus on the culture war issues and the political issues because the one thing that we've talked about, or at least it's true, just, just me. Mm -hmm. And so everybody can tell me I'm crazy. But when he goes on and on about 2020, he loses yeah. me. When he goes to East Palestine and, and buys Big Macs for people, that is the is the biggest like I, it may sound silly, but that Big Mac thing, the McDonald's, gave like in my view my favorability rating for Trump skyrocketed like fifteen <laughs> points when I saw that. When he started putting I totally out, agree. when he put totally out videos agree. talking about cultural issues and the things he wants to do, favorability is going way way up. And I'm very much with Trump at this point, <clears throat> leaning between Trump and DeSantis. Last year it was like DeSantis probably got it for a variety of reasons because Trump wouldn't shut up about 2020. But now that we're starting to see this this East Palestine stuff, if he stops ragging on on Harper on the past. 
and starts being Trump from 2016, he's going to give me back. Or so, even Trump from I mean, 2019. So you have to, what I say to everybody is look at the last year, right? The last year. And since Donald Trump actually made his announcement in November that he's going to run for president. Getting right? better. What he's been doing on Truth Social is putting out policy videos. How I'm going to take on China. How I'm going to defeat the CCP. What I'm going to do on the border. What I'm going to do about fentanyl. What I'm going to do about the economy, healthcare, education. Policy substantive videos. Not just saying, oh, Joe Biden's a failure but highlighting the solutions for that very specifically. Get him I back on Twitter. I think that's a step in the yeah. right. That's probably not going to happen. I think Whoa. that's a step in the right direction. Why, why no Twitter, though? It's a terrible idea. We'll get to that. Let me finish that the thought right. real quick. <laughs> so if he does those policy videos, and then the biggest juxtaposition I have is him going to East Palestine when our current commander-in-chief, Joe Biden, goes to Western Europe and doesn't have Eastern one— Europe. Eastern Europe. What doesn't have one diplomatic— meeting with world leaders to end the conflict in the Ukraine. Not one. No, he gives them money for war. He gives them money to double down and make Ukraine the next Afghanistan for the American people. That's stark contrast. I agree with you. If Donald Trump does more of that, then he is going to sail into the presidency. Why is he never going on Twitter? Because Donald Trump has true social. That's my opinion. I, you know, I don't speak for him, but I'm just well, saying. They should, they, 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 he should do a thing where it's like a day later, the truth gets posted on Twitter or something. It may come to that, but I just, yeah. my opinion is I don't see And then what, what he can do is if he posts a longer truth, he can tweet, hey, go to Truth Social, check out, you know, the longer video or whatever. I just want Covivi again. I want a four. Right. Do you, know, do you want to know what Covivi is? Yes. Yeah. Not today. <laughs> I want to federate the system. Here's what, so I, here's, what, here's what I think. I think someone was drafting a tweet and then either Trump or somebody accidentally pressed send instead of cancel. That's it. For sure. I mean, that was my guess. It's probably just it. coffee with a V. Uh, right? Dude, it sounds like that's what the show. I'm going <laughs> to punish you after the show. The V's right before Everybody below the F on the keyboard. In the you know, 10 minutes, like, ah, just jamming. When the show ends, the 10 minutes between when the show ends <laughs> and the uncensored show begins, Cash is going to just go into this long tirade yeah. about the secret of Kofifi. God, swear us to secrecy. Oh, and man. we're going to be like, whoa. I would never tell a soul. <laughs> just tricycle from when he was nine. The reality is, I know the two people that know. and and it still hasn't come out yet. Really? The secret of Kofi. Regarding um, the rhetoric on 2020 election that I know Don's been going through, I call him Don's funny, Donald's been going through. Like, um, I think the one good message is to say, you know, if we're going to tally our votes in secret on mm -hmm. machines and private, private mm -hmm. corporations, we need to open source the code so that we know the machines are tallying them justly. Uh, rather than be like, what they did was, it was wrong, just be like, in the future, we're going to do it right. We're going to open source these softwares if they're going to be used... I'd like to see that. I also had a couple ideas. Paper and pencil. Well, that's what he said at CPAC. He wants paper ballot, voter ID. And he said, go big on uh, mail, ballot harvesting, whatever the verb is. Yep. But it's just so hackable. Absolutely. All that stuff is hackable. If it's in paper, they're like, yeah, I'll take your thousand votes. And trust me, I'll make sure they're all counted. It, wink, wink. It's Never just, see the guy but, again. Except, okay. But that's safer than something that's nebulous and can't be seen. Yes, it is safer than proprietary voting machines doing calculations in private when you don't have access to the code. It is safer than that, but it's equally, it's 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 just as insecure from a, in a macro scale when you could have things like blockchain reference, nine blockchains of voting reference where you can hey, verify. The there, there isn't currently the blockchain that's been developed and tested that would make people feel like it's safe. You may be able to do it, like technologically, the technology may be there, but just because the technology is there doesn't mean that you'd be able to implement it in the real world and have the population feel good All right. about it. I, I just want to say one thing real quick. Donald Trump <laughs> should fly around to a bunch of random cities and buy McDonald's for people. That's yeah. it. 
I mean, you should I, come that was Shark just Tank like, with what, you guys. What makes you think that's not going to happen? <clears throat> I, I'm yeah, not saying it's not going to happen. I'm saying like he should. I mean, I'm it loving it. I, I, yes, I'm loving it. Very nice, Phil. <laughs> it's just like Trump showing up with a bunch of regular people who are all smiling and happy to see him, and he's like, "Let's have Big Macs." You, you asked me. That's before, awesome. I think Phil or maybe it was Ian asked me before the show. You know, why did you run so hard um, on the Donald Trump agenda? Maybe I think that was, was you. Oh no, that was me. That was me. And and. and <clears throat> and, and the simple answer is when you're with him, uh, my mission was national security defense until law enforcement mission. He's that guy. He's the guy that you sit down with and talk about um, killing terrorists, bringing home Americans, safeguard America in a very casual fashion, but serious. And no matter what, he's going to defend that to the end. And then you're going to eat McDonald's afterwards. And it, it's just, I don't know how else to describe it. He's not this bombastic guy who goes over there and like lobs people's heads off or anything like that. When he calls me and we, I talk to him, he still asks me about my mom and my dad, like every time. Like, and then he takes the time to like meet them. I mean, I don't know that every president does that with everybody else. I'm just giving you my experience and how I saw him act with my other friends um, I w- I around went, that universe. And that's just how he is all the time. I went to uh, Trump Tower when he was running <clears throat> in New York. I've been there a bunch of times. They got pretty good food there and ice cream and stuff. And so he's running and uh, the media is going crazy and insulting him. And I was at the ice cream stand or whatever, or like the bagel shop. And I asked him, I was like, have you ever seen Trump around here? And like, yeah, he comes down every so often. And I was like, oh, is he cool? And they were like, he just hands us $100 bills. And so, I was like, yeah. oh, really? He's like, He'll just come down and be like, here you go and give me a $100 bill. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And he says, sometimes he'll bring the staff out, thank them all, shake their hands and hand them $100 bills. That's very, like, wow. that, that reminds me of like the gangster movie stuff from like back in the day. <laughs> not, not that I, <laughs> right. not that I have like to, personal experience with it, but it's like, that's the stuff I, you I, Look, see. I've seen it. When you go to his properties, whatever, Trump National, this, that, or the other thing. You're talking about people who have been employed there for 15 and 20 years. And he goes up to the the lawn care guys, the kitchen guys, the maintenance guys, and everybody knows him on a first name basis. And I'm like, okay, that's not manufactured. That can't just be made up. That has to exist over a period of a lifetime. And that's how he treats people. I knew a guy a long time ago in Chicago. And he said that when when they were open in the Trump Hotel in Chicago, he was dropping something off. I can't remember what he was doing. But he he told me the story that he was walking towards the door and he heard people behind him and he gets to the door and he, he looks, he holds the door open and it was Trump with some people. He, Trump walks through the door and says, hey, th- thanks, kid, and throws him an iPod. And this was back when iPods were expensive. Like the thing, yeah. Yeah, but he was like, thanks for holding the door for me. Here's a $500 MP3 player or something like that. He's, he's, done, he's done all, and here's the thing. He'll never tell you about these. He could write right. a book about all these things. The media would excoriate him, but that's not his style. He's not like, oh, remember when I did this, this, and this? He'd been doing it for 76 years. That's why it's so crazy how, I mean, just look, I literally go to Trump Tower in New York and just ask people and they were like, he's awesome. And I've been to Trump Doral. I stayed there a couple yeah. times because it was near where I was working with for Fusion. Same thing. Everyone's like, when he's here, it's awesome. And I'm like, huh? Then, then why do people like act like he's so evil? I, I don't understand media. I think yeah, that's because the liberal economic order is trying to turn into the world economic order. They're trying to create the new world order, and they had a plan for the last thirty years. He's, and he was like a wrench in the gears. Didn't realize it. I think you're onto something there. He's he's a nationalist. Like he believes in America. Like he's patriotic. He's a an old school Democrat that believes that borders are a thing. And the the modern left is moving away from nations. They really think that they can use things like the UN, the World Economic Forum, the International Monetary Fund to basically create a super government that 
controls the governments of the world. And the United States is not insulated from that at all. We should be, and we can be. And I think a whether it be actually Donald Trump or someone like Donald Trump that believes in nations and stuff, um, I think that, that a president like that can uh, influence the the U.S. But right now, the people that are running the narrative and uh, that are running the country and dictating the narrative, they believe in an international order that should supersede individual countries and nations. Well, I was as you were talking, I, Bernie Sanders came to mind because he's kind of a nationalist in a, in a way, you know, a bit yeah. more socialist than Donald Trump. But yeah, have you guys Bernie's ever, a nationalist socialist. Yeah, a na- nationalist <laughs> yes, socialist. he sure is. Have you guys considered getting Donald and Bernie together? <laughs> oh, yeah, on a daily basis over, you know, ice lattes in the morning. Just patch it up because yeah, like just, just Bernie, high five. I remember him being like, oh, no, Donald Trump's bad, bad, bad. I, I'll support Joe Donald Biden Trump instead uh, because I don't know why. Bernie I, might I, run for president. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Bring you, it you, on. You see what just happened today? We was, or the other day I was asked by Bill Maher about equity versus equality. And he said, uh, I can't tell you the difference. I don't know it. Like, I don't know that. And then he was like, he I think it. I'm for equality. But and then Jenk Uger comes out and he's like, of course he's for <laughs> equality. No one's for equity. That's Meanwhile, like Joe Biden came out, was like equity. Every HR department says equity. It's plastered in every university. So are like, are they retreating from this stuff now because it's not popular? That tweet by Sink Younger is the most valuable weapon on Twitter right now to push back against the equity movement because he has demonstrated very clearly the Mott and Bailey argument, the the Mott and Bailey fallacy. He backed away into the no, we're talking about equality, when for the past five or whatever years, everybody's been equity, 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 and equity means good, uh, equal outcomes, as opposed to equality, which means equality under the law. He has given a weapon to people that are involved in the culture war but, that has not been seen in a while. But you don't need to call it a Mountain Bailey. You can just be like, mm, no, Cenk Uygur agrees with us. The progressive young Turks agrees that equity is the prize, is not where we want to be at. And equality of opportunity is the real goal. And so when anybody comes out and says equity, be like, equity? Aren't you a fan of Bernie Sanders? Bernie Sanders <laughs> says equality, not equity. Cenk Uygur of the Young Turks says equality. Bernie is the dude. Bernie said equality, not equity, on Bill Maher. And he clearly said equality of opportunity, yes, not right. equality yeah. of outcome. That's that just, equity. Look, we mm-hmm. won. There you go. Bernie Sanders said it. If, it's it's going to be his campaign slogan. Don't get, don't get uh, uh, when, when you're arguing, when you're debating family and friends, you don't want to be uh, uh, acrimonious. I'll put mm-hmm. it that way. You want to be calm and just say, you know, look, look, I know we might disagree, but I'm with Bernie Sanders on this one. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know if you're a fan of Bernie Sanders, but he went on Bill Maher and said, we don't want equity. We want equality of opportunity. If you're ever in a debate or discussion with someone that you know long term and they offer you a seed, a seed, plant the seed, I just say it, this and let man. it grow, because that will be a reminder in that conversation of forever that you guys agree on something. Right. right. I'm not going to sit here and be like, Jenk Uger is bad and Bernie Sanders is bad. I'm going to say this. Oh, I agree with Jenk. And I agree with Bernie Sanders. They are both 100% correct. Equality is the appropriate response, not equity. But equality of opportunity, because equity is equality no. of outcome. Of outcome. Of it's outcome. A, t- a different type of equality. No, no, but yeah, yeah. But, but Maybe I, they're I, abusing I'm, the word. Look, I'm a Bernie supporter in this regard. You know, when he Don't said, waters. you know, you guys might be Trump supporters, but when it comes to, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders come out, oh, I'm, I'm there, there you go. So now you can tell all your lefty friends that you're a Bernie supporter because he said equality of opportunity. But Bernie charges $95 a head for his new book tour. Does he really? Yeah. (laughs) 
Just started. Good for solid. him. And it's called Good it's okay solid to hate capitalism. It's called the it's okay to hate capitalism tour or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really? Uh, that, look, look, look. My, my, my point is just this. Uh, take it to a positive level and think about the gifts you've been given. You are right, Phil, that it, that what Jenk said is a weapon, but you simply need to say, well, don't you agree with Bernie Sanders and the Young Turks on this one? And then if they say no and be like, then who are you agreeing with if not Bernie Sanders? Like, he's the dude, right? Mm-hmm. No, you don't think so? What are you, a Nazi or something? What are you, a Democrat, like Hillary Clinton supporter? Fascist? <laughs> No, yeah. what was it? I'm the Indian neo-Nazi. No, the, the Indian face of white supremacy. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, I want to ask about more about well, we gotta go to COVID. Chats. Yeah, we got to go. We got to move this along, baby. We're going to go to Super Chats. Again. My friends, it is my birth week. Adrian Curry was like, you get one day. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's, look, I have a, you get a whole week. It is the year well, of your birth year. I am going to milk it for all it's worth to ask you all to become members at TimCast.com because it's my birth week. Thursday is my birthday, but uh, we're going to have a members only show with cash coming up after the show. It'll be live around 10, 10 p.m. So uh, check it out. It should be fun. We'll talk a lot uh, more about what's, you know, what's happening and uh, what's going to happen. And with... I'm going to curse. And he's going to swear it's... a lot. Oi. But uh, yeah, become a member at TimCast.com. Go to TimCast.com. Click join us. Sign up. Live show will be around 10, 10. You'll see it on the front page of the website. But let's read your super chats. Smash the like button. And I'm not your buddy, guy says, I wish you and your crew the best of luck. Personally, I've lost hope in, is a CA, Canada? Especially after they arrested yet another pastor not far from me. You know that song, Mad World? It hits too close to home. Yeah, it's Duran Duran. Yep. No, no, no. Is no. That, no, no, it's uh, not Duran Duran. Roland Orzabald. Tears for Fears? Am I right? Tears for Fears, I believe, yes. I think that's, yeah. yeah. And then Roland the, Orzabal's solo album, by the way, Tomcat Screaming, is incredible. Oh, all right. Incredible. Rogue says, Tim, you need to play the board game Secret Hitler. It's extremely relevant today. Maybe you and the crew can play a live stream game. We haven't. And uh, we've played it uh, every so often. For those that aren't familiar, it's basically a werewolf game. You ever play werewolf? Nope. Werewolf is a party game where everybody sits at a table and puts their head down. One person's the storyteller. This, uh, they, you can do it with cards or you can write down tick tags. And then you get a certain number of people are villagers and then one person's the werewolf. Mm-hmm. And then the point of the game is everyone puts their heads down. The storyteller says the werewolf looks up and then, you know, looks down or whatever. And the goal of the game is for everybody to to rise up and try and figure out who the werewolf is. And if they don't, the werewolf gets to remove one player. Secret Hitler is a game where everyone's given a role, either liberal or fascist, because that's (laughs) the only thing that exists, apparently. And then uh, in order for the fascists to win, they need to enact a certain number of fascist policies. And then for the liberals to win, they need to enact liberal policies or assassinate Hitler. And the way it works is you get a chancellor and a president. Someone gets nominated. Everybody votes or something like that. And then if the people, person gets elected, I, I think if Hitler gets elected chancellor or something, the fascists Game's over, yeah. Yeah, something like that. But you, you uh, will get three tiles. And then you pass the tiles. The president passes them to the chancellor. And then the chancellor picks one. And then what happens is if you get handed three fascist tiles, you know, you're like, uh-oh, what am I supposed to do with this? And you hand two, hmm. and the guy looks at you, and he's like, why did you just give me two fascist ones? Are you Hitler? Are you the fascist? And then you play, and everyone says, why did you play a fascist one? You're like, it was all I was given. Don't blame me. Blame him. And then everyone's trying to figure out who's really lying and who's telling the truth. It's a there's, fun game. There's a game called uh, Mafia that's yeah, sim- right. very similar to that. Yeah. We, I used to, we played that, my buddies in Unearth and Madball, when we were on the Sounds of the Underground tour. We played that all over Europe. It was a ton of fun. Dude, I love Super Mafia. Yeah, so it's the fun. same game yeah, with a different skin, basically. Yep. Yeah. Mm. 
You can tap on the head and yeah. on the shoulder to decide. So you don't need cards or anything. Yeah, the bass player from uh, from Madball, Hoya, super nice guy. And he was always like, yo, let's go. We're going to play Mafia, yo. <laughs> get an guys. odd number. Uh, get an even number so you can have an odd number of players in one one game. Yep. All, All right. <clears throat> Jazzanaut says, Tim Pool is evolving into Alex Jones before us. Ooh. They're of the freaking frogs gay. Yeah. They're coming for your income tax. That'd people. be a fun cast castle skit if they could pull it off where you like incredible hulk into alex <laughs> don't go in the building we have to get actually we actually have to get alex yeah and then it's like you wouldn't like me when i'm angry Rah! and then it's then it's alex he rips his shirt off Rah! i think i was gonna be down for it we're doing that show in uh, austin with luke blair alex stein alex jones michael malice it's gonna be a whole lot of fun should be a good time that's april 14th april yeah. 14th yeah and the event sold out in like two days so yikes should be fun, though. And there will be a follow-up show April 15th that I'll be at as well. Theoden, king of the Brohan, says, Did you see that West Virginia is portrayed as the heart of the Confederacy in the new Mel Brooks History of the World show? Every record has been destroyed or falsified, every book rewritten. I mean, huh. I think West Virginia split off from Virginia on purpose. Yeah. West Virginia was pro-union. And uh, it was funny, I was reading. It's wind. Oh, that there was a vote. In, in West Virginia counties to secede from Virginia, but all of the young men were away fighting in the war, so the vote was held by people who were not fighting in the war. Wow. That's how it works, I guess. History. Yeah, and then Virginia... Only we learned that in school. Virginia sued after the war, saying, now the war's over, West Virginia is Virginia, and the Supreme Court said, nope, it's a new state, shut your mouth. Now it's best Virginia. Yeah. Now it's be <laughs> it is best Virginia. All right, let's see what we got. Equal sign says, Tim, you and Ian mentioned Magic the Gathering and poker the other day. Ever heard of Aces and Adventures? It's a Steam game that combines the two. You might like it. Thank you. We were actually talking about a card game that uh, combines elements of, I don't necessarily want to say poker, but uh, a turn-based community board magic game that's focused on a single deck of cards so that you don't need deck building. And it's a, a bit more random and combines elements of deception. So I guess you could call it that. But uh, you were talking about doing it. I'll, I'll look at Aces and Adventures. Would be nice if it was an actual card game. Did you hear, Ian, about the $250,000 of the magic cards left in a dumpster? No. Or in a landfill, sorry. No. Boxes of, what now? Boxes of Magic the Gathering cards were found just in a dumpster, and then the bulldozer, bulldozers just smashed them up and just destroyed them. And everyone's like, oh, that's so sad. And I'm kind of like, if you think it's worth $250,000, pieces of paper smashed in a landfill, I got something to tell you. It's not worth that at all. Like the fact that someone threw it out and it was loaded into a, a landfill proves it was not worth that. And I, I think this is an example of the decay in culture. Magic, secondary market, these, these trading cards worth a lot of money. I think it's been corporatized and gone woke to the point where they're becoming worth less. Literally worth less, not worthless. You know, we'll see though. We'll see. I've been hearing nothing but complaints about what Hasbro's been doing to the game. So that sucks. Used to be a big fan. Wayback says, I already have a TimCast membership, so here's an extra 10 bucks. I'm really looking forward to see what Tucker says tonight. It's going to break the Uniparty's brains. Was he releasing too. more video? I believe so, right? Cool. Well, we'll see. I don't know. Let's grab some more Super Chats. All right. And, uh, and, and where's Seamus at, for that matter? Did you guys see he put out a short on Freedom Tunes, a preview of the upcoming video of, for which I am doing the voice of Dr. Fauci? And I think it's really <laughs> funny. So this one's got to be really great on Thursday. Really excited. All right. S.A. Federale says, Surge is full on Bolton bro today. Let the bros loose on your swatters. What would Javier Pena do? <laughs> the Bolton bros. Yeah, shouts out. Rash says, Tim, in earlier segments, you talk about the death of culture. 
And while you are building it, maybe you should look to invest in other people's ideas of books and games through some Shark Tank style pitch. And that is from Wrath. Hence, I discussed that idea after I saw that super chat doing some kind of Shark Tank type thing. And uh, yeah, somebody super chatted saying we'll need clear rules and a judging criteria to award the grant because it will be viewed as like a sweepstakes or a contest. And uh, works for me. I think it'll be, you know what I was thinking we'll do? Why don't we just do a YouTube show where we will like take submissions, have a judging criteria. Maybe we can get as like five advisors, you know, independent. So outside of Timcast will come in and they make the determination. We don't, but we then go and film. So let's say it's like you, you know, uh, and, and four other people, Cash. Mm-hmm. You guys say, out of everyone we saw, we think this is the guy. Mm-hmm. Then we go film knocking on the door with the check written out, you know, printed oh, out to the person for okay. their yeah. idea. And then being like... And that's a show. And then the show is they talk about their idea. You know, we explain why they won and why we want to succeed. And then we cross our fingers and we hope, you know, it works out. Good luck. A big part of what makes Shark Day grand is when they will rip people apart with bad ideas. I mean, it's very entertaining. And it, may, it keeps... That'll, it, be, that'll be your job. It keeps it honest. It, okay. It keeps it honest because then when they are good, they're not lying. You know they're well, not. Well, same with all those dance, not dancing shows, whatever that, that guy does. Yeah. Uh, Simon. Yeah. There you go. We'll Simon have like... Cowell, yeah. Some like somebody apart is like people watch it and they're like, oh. Some yeah. little old lady will walk in. And she'll be like, I just need some money so I can make my comic book. And Ian's just Ian like, you are her. terrible. Yeah. You disgust me. And then she starts The crying. art's not even good. <laughs> <laughs> she like makes a batch of cookies and they're like Trump face cookies. And she's like, I want to open a Trump bakery. And Ian's like, ah, and he slaps the tray of cookies out. And she's so like, like in the air. Everyone that comes on the show would get a guaranteed $5,000 or something. And then you'd be looking for the person no, to give no. like a big. I think, I think what too. we would do is we would request submissions. Then we would have an external group handle the judging criteria. So we would not be involved in who wins. And then whoever they determine is the winner, based on how the outside group votes, we would then show up as part of their submission process. They would agree that we can film them. If they win, we'll shut their house. And then we show up at their house, yeah. knock on the door and be like, we got money for we you. Film it. Maybe we just come with cash and start making it rain. You know, <laughs> and that's actually Woo! always good. Yeah. And then, you Grab know. Grab the machines from Pop oh, yeah. Crisis. Yeah, pop, yeah. Where well, I will be tomorrow, by the way. Brett and Mary show up and they're standing there holding the, the money guns. Yeah. But real dollars as opposed to the fake ones. Real hundos. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I think we'll we'll look into the legalities of it, but that's, probably an external group judging. That's the intro. The camera comes down, pans down with you on a circular platform that's spinning around. You're like, oh, and the, the money's shooting out at I an angle. I think it should be you. Like a genie. It'll be me. It'll I be like, be Ian. yeah, I'll be like the Ryan. Yeah. What's that guy's name from American I think it should Idol? be called like Ian Crossland's Cash Money Gift Show or something. <laughs> okay, dude, roll with it. Yeah. Uh, Ryan... What's his name? Seacrest? Yeah, Seacrest. I'll be the Ryan Seacrest on this one. And you'll have to explain why their cultural project deserves the money. And then in order to deliver the money to them, you have to just hold the money gun and, and spray them with it and be like, I'm sorry, it's the show rules. I have to do it. It'll take about 30 seconds. <laughs> Close complete. your eyes. It hurts less. And then if we just film the person that's like getting sprayed with money. And it's like, sorry, I know it's a mess, but you know, at least you got $10,000. So... The intro's going to be video. hot. It, it, like, um, who wants to be a millionaire? That real intense intro where the lights go down and then back up. <laughs> Yeah, we could make them answer. We can make. So I, just, I just look over the monitor. I say, Ian, see Ian, make, pretending like he's got the money gun to his head. We can make him answer trivia questions. Like my hands. A game show. No. Oh, actually, that's a good idea, too. Yeah, a game show. Well, one of the ideas we had was doing a game show where you yeah. get a liberal and a conservative and you ask them basic news questions. <laughs> that's good. 
You could do that like a man on the street kind of thing, or are you talking about... That's actually true. You could be like, for 10 bucks, you know, question. And then when they say the wrong thing, like, oh, sorry. I mean, it's springtime in D.C. coming. That's great. But what we we could do is we get a local D.C. resident and a local West Virginia resident, (laughs) and it's like a... And then you see who knows more about the news. Uh. You'll get some, like, mountain right-wing nut job with, like, a Trump shirt and a Trump hat. And then you'll get some like buttoned up North Face jacket wearing dude from D.C. And then you'll be like, in 2020, Donald Trump said what about neo-Nazis and white nationalists? <laughs> and then they write down their answer. And then the D.C. guys like he praised them and called them very fine people. And the, D- and the Washington and the West Virginia guys like he said they should be condemned totally. And you're like, West Virginia takes it. And then you like hand him a hundred dollar bill. I think it's a great idea. Well, I, I got to be honest. I firmly believe that if you did a liberal versus conservative trivia show, the conservatives would win every single time. I think it's probably hands down, hundred percent. Like, do it. okay, I'm I'm being a little hyperbolic. It'd be like eighty twenty, probably. Yep. All right, let's grab some more super chats, super chats, not regular chats, super chats, and then also member chats, maybe. See what's going on in the member chat as, uh, chat as well. All right, what do we got? X-Raid says, hey, Cash, I'm getting out of the military this year. I can't take what it has become. I need become a part of something that's pro-American. What avenue can I take to be a part of what you're doing? Go to fightwithcash.com or the Cash Foundation. We have ambassadors. We have a whole myriad of ways. We're helping active duty people transition out. There's lots of jobs there. And most importantly, we're trying to help veterans and people who are homeless who used to serve in uniform get back on their feet. So there's a ton of work you can do and anyone can do. Just check out the website. You can buy this funny merch, which we are moving insane amounts of units, and all that money goes right back into the foundation. So thecashfoundation.com. Right Thanks, on. brother. Mr. Jarvis says, I'm working on a podcast as you're talking. Well, you know, here's the thing, though. Podcasts are good. Podcasts are good. Wheelhouse. Yeah, what do you tell him? On well, well no, I just, I, it's like, we can't just be complaining about stuff. You have to have solutions. It, it's, it, we, so listening to a show that discusses issues and culture isn't we need to go beyond that we have a lot of those you know daily wire's got six of them mm-hmm. steven crowder me you got six x and hammer you got the lotus eaters podcast we're all talking about this stuff and at a certain point we're like we get it y'all mostly agree what we need is someone to make a, a comic book i mean and we have that we have rip averse mm-hmm. you know obviously you've, you've got people who are working on books and music and stuff like that that's important i mean phil labonte literally sitting right here Yes, sir. I have to, and and that's that's extremely important. I mean, storied career rock star Phil Labonte <laughs> is sitting here doing the inverse of it, from making culture to commenting on, and still but, making, but creating risk for yourself in that space as well. Sure, I mean, but and 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 I appreciate the kudos, but like you know, the, making culture and making music is still something that I you know am actively doing. Where we've got the next record, I've decided, I've already decided on a a. a a title that you know is intentionally not going to be something that sounds super metal, but it's going to be something that gives people hope. And I'm not writing songs that are that are negative. I'm not writing songs that are are depressing. Our biggest record is this record. Well, arguably our biggest record is a record called "The Fall of Ideals." And even though it has kind of a, a negative sounding title, all the songs that are not about chicks is which is about half of it <laughs> are about self-empowerment like they're all there's a song called the air that i breathe and there's there's a song called not alone there's a song called this calling there's there's so many songs about that I, and that's something that i have done throughout my whole career is try to write songs that inspire people to believe in themselves and that's something that i think is important and 
hopefully that's something that, well, that but whether you write music or have a successful show or have a foundation or what have you you put out these ideals just prepare to be attacked absolutely oh, yeah, they're gonna come after you well that's the thing i mean you know i imagine if you just keep your mouth shut phil you'd you'd have way more people in music offering you stuff but you speak out challenging the bs and you put mm -hmm. risk on yourself any of the any of the politically motivated people in the music industry hate my guts i've lost friends which is they most were, of the people in there right uh, well no there are there are some people that are like no i don't want to be political and mm -hmm. there are actually more people now that are like yo you were right you know i shouldn't we should we shouldn't have been so hard on you or whatever blah 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 you know we should we shouldn't have been pushing you out and stuff um but uh, there's so many people that are ideologically motivated just like every other you know part of our culture right now there's just like we talk about the fbi there are normal people in the fbi mm -hmm. and then there are people that are extremely ideological that's the same in the music industry it's a little more heavily you know tilted to the left in the music industry but there were media there were blogs that were tearing me apart in 2012 2013 because i had the audacity to say things that like you know communism's bad <laughs> what's Crazy. what was your what was your biggest song like the most successful or there's two that are probably our big two that are our biggest individual songs there's a song called two weeks and there's a song called what if i was nothing both of those songs are about chicks I was I was I was thinking that those yeah. are the ones I was thinking of, and I was like, you mentioned the ones that aren't about chicks. I'm like, are the ones about chicks, the big ones. They tend like, to be they because they, they 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 can relate, and also they're 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 the songs that I wrote about real things that happened, so they're very raw, and so people can really relate. When I'm like, it's not like it was some kind of abstract thing. Like they're both about actual arguments that I had with people that I really, really, really had very deep feelings for. So. They're really raw, and that stuff tends to relate with people. Let's read. I want to read a super chat. Dylan Hale says, "Holy crap, 10k! That could pay for my whole book series, editor art and all. They've been working 50 hours a week to pay for it all piecemeal. An opportunity like this would be life changing. What's the best way for Dylan to get in touch with us? Do you think he could? They could message you, Ian? Doubtful. I mean, you can. You want me to pass it on to somebody? Well, I don't. I don't know how. Like. If, if, yeah, I don't know how to get in touch with a direct super chat. It's a challenge. Like, how could we, how could we, how can we send Dylan Hale 10 grand for his book? Uh, well, Dylan should su submit a business proposal and, um, to like, is, is there like a general inbox that you can go pull it out of for someone to look at? No, I mean, we don't, we don't have anything set up yet. Just to get information, you can send a D DM my Twitter account if you that want. That works. Yeah. Okay. DM me. I'm Phil that remains on Twitter. Send me a DM and I can get the information to Tim. Dylan Hale. Oh, so you, you, you're, 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 they're open? Yeah. My DMs are open. So Dylan Hale, if you are listening, contact Phil that remains on Twitter and then he will get the message to me. The challenge for me is that if I if I tell you to email me, I'll get eight thousand emails by tomorrow, and I won't be able to go through no, any of them. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, so and everyone but, else can follow me too. You know. Yeah, Phil, that remains. So Phil will have to go through the eight thousand emails, <laughs> exactly. DMs, the eight thousand DMs, <laughs> and then uh, and then Dylan will send you ten grand. And don't do uh, like you do, <laughs> Count Dankula, and send me pictures of your testicles. So, uh -oh. so please don't do that. Why would you say <laughs> here's all the, here's all the targets? <laughs> because Dan gets it all the time. So I will say this: assuming you are working on a book. And we think the book is not a porno. Yeah, it's like a valuable cultural thing, which it, I, I assume it is. We'll send you the ten grand to help you make it. As like, and then we'll, we will do that as a statement of we are fully intending to invest in culture 
and give back to help these projects take off and then win the culture award. I want to make sure it's not vaporware. You got to prove it. Show exactly, me. <laughs> exactly. Because yeah. everybody in their in their you know everybody's going to try and pull off some kind of like, oh yeah, I'm working on something. Give me money. And they see me at the casino. You know, what oh, I mean? I'm working on your money. But if it's a book about graphene, I think Ian will just you know automatically. <laughs> yeah, we should start it. pulling carbon dioxide out of the air gonna, and turning it into we're graphene. Gonna, we're going to be, be like, number one seller tomorrow. Ian, oh, you're man. in charge of the show where we invest in cultural products. Like, yeah, yeah, okay. And then every proposal is graphene. Yeah, graphene like, hair. This guy's graphene hair products. Graphene. Guitars. See? Okay, what else oh, is there? I'm not wearing my uh, graphene graph- shirt. <laughs> I have Ian, do you have any proposals that aren't about graphene? And he's just like, I, I hope uh, the paper is like, uh, nine out of ten books just went out the window. <laughs> uh, on graphene paper, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, hold on. This one is about a guy who wants to do a podcast about graphene. So Ooh. it's not literal graphene. Oh. Sold. But yeah, so uh, Dylan, if you're listening, you can message Phil that remains on Twitter. The Fluffy Hobo Show says, I've been working on getting a daily show going, so the idea of a Tim Grant sounds awesome. Maybe look at making it an investment rather than a gift or donation. It depends. Um, we could totally do investments, and that would be fantastic as well. Uh, so that that actually might make sense. We might just do it as like an investment because then it makes more sense business-wise. Depends. And I would I would say this. As for whatever we end up doing, it will strongly lean not towards commentary. Or like talk shows. Because we got a lot of those already. We are yeah. literally one. What <clears throat> we need is probably game design. That's huge. Make video games that um, have values of meritocracy. None of these weird games where it's like walking simulator stuff. Like the metaverse. Oh, that's creepy. But uh, comic books, movies, short films, you know, that kind of stuff. I'm sure there's a bunch of other clothing stuff. Clothing design would be cool. Yeah, clothing design. Cartoons. Uh, skate. Culture stuff, skateboards, whatever. Yeah, cartoons, freedom tunes like stuff, you know, whatever. If you build, like if you're into architecture and you build stuff, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. I mean, who knows? We might be surprised by the stuff that people present to us and be like, we never even considered that could be a thing to do and let's do it, you know? Maybe you want to build a statue. Yeah, I was just thinking like maybe there's someone out there that's like a really nasty sculptor, you know? Yeah. Sculptor, not sculptor. And then we can like... You know, one idea we had was we wanted to crowdsource buying uh, a big plot of land, like 200 acres, and then creating like a public space where people can put things in like, you know, like like a park of some sort, privately owned public like space. Like a giant time capsule? No, no, just like a, a space. We were like, everybody would, would buy a plot of the land, a piece oh, of it. Oh, I see. Okay. And it would be a community owned thing where anyone could go and would build statues and just make a big park, you know, that way we control cultural spaces, you know? Hmm. All right. What do we got? Gigoku says, Tim, there were two guys who killed a bald eagle with the intent on eating it. They were let go and the feds let them go. That's a felony. Yeah, there you go. That's a felony. Nicholas Budden says, question about the money. I'm from Australia. Take pity on me. And I'm currently working on a a classless TTRPG, tabletop role-playing game, Uh, classless sci-fi D&D. And I was wondering if I would be able to apply or would the money only be applicable to those in the USA? I'm not entirely sure. It depends on the legality Hmm. of it. So it sounds like someone already mentioned we'll need judging criteria to make it a contest. And then I imagine we would have outside advisors choose who the winners are. So it wouldn't be anything related to us. So there's no collusion or anything like that. But uh, I don't see why Australia couldn't, you know, win or whatever. If you're a member of the show, if you watch the show and you're supporting us, I don't see why you wouldn't be eligible. But I could call my lawyer tomorrow. and He might be like, no, 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 no. Only Americans. There might be laws in Australia, you know, things like that. We'll see. For all I know, I call my accountant, my lawyer, and they say, are you nuts? You can't do that. And then I'm like, really? You know, there's a way forward. There's a way forward. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't think it's that complicated because, yeah, I, I think if it's like a, a, a month, if you're a member of the site, you can submit, you know, ideas. Maybe we do it as an investment and then that's completely straightforward. Look, there's it's always a way forward. <clears throat> well, God, excuse me. My allergies are kicking my butt. Pollination. Yeah, it's It bad. was pollen. But uh, look, we, we figured it out, right? The league, We were like, how do we help whistleblowers? Oh, let's go pay whistleblowers. The lawyers were like, you can't go pay whistleblowers. Okay, so how does the foundation help whistleblowers? They said once they're established and come forward with proven information that they submit to Congress, you can provide them with financial assistance. Hmm. I think investment makes do. it the easiest thing possible. That the, if you, it's like you, the same thing, right? Like, like a 1% stake for $10,000 or whatever. And, and you, then the best part is you get some ridiculous evaluation based on that investment. Or yeah. they submit their final product to you and they say, this is what we want to do. And then you're like, oh, you're a winner. Here, fo- go fund your already completed yeah. product. I think if we get something in exchange, we don't got to worry about rules or anything like we that. Call we call it Tim Fund. Oh, well, week. that's different. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we if, we, if we say like, we'll take 5% or well, 1%. Well, that's what the Shark Tank guys do, right? Right. They yeah. take a piece of the action. Yeah. Then it's just submit it's your yeah. ideas and maybe we'll invest. But, but, and I think the, well, if it's a nonprofit, then I think the only other thing you got to do if you're doing Shark Tank for nonprofits, then what do you do with the percentage you have? Well, no, we're Timcast is a for-profit company. No, Timcast. Okay, so right. I'm saying if yeah. we just did you, it as, if the company just invested in it, then. Yeah, you could do that. That's the easiest way to do it probably. And that makes the most business sense. We're not just throwing money out, you know, at people and but saying it is luck. a lot of liability for the company if it takes on another more investments. Sort of uh, owning a piece of a company. Yeah, we're going to talk to the lawyer about it for sure. But, you know, maybe we'll have to make a company that does holdings specifically for this. Some kind of culture war. You know, I bet between the two of us, you probably more than me know enough rich people to create a culture war investment fund. I'm in. Let's do it. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm not kidding. I'll call, yeah. I'll call five donors tomorrow. Yeah, let's do it. And then we'll we'll try and figure out how to invest more into people who are building culture. <clears throat> and it doesn't take a lot. You give, like you like these guys were saying on your super chats, five, 10 grand, that's a lot of money to get someone going on just a little project. And, you know, some of the bigger projects would be like 20, 25 grand. But. Really what it comes down <clears throat> to is uh, Oscar Gonzalez real quick asks, is it only eligible to the U.S.? I would. I think the answer is no, but we'll see. I gotta talk to the lawyers. But the the simple thing is, we may get a hundred submissions. We may eventually fund a hundred projects. Only one of them works. That's yeah. the reality. It's a scatter shot. Someone <clears throat> writes a song, and then it just takes off, and we're like, we did not think that was gonna be the one. I mean, actually, Phil, has it happened to you guys? Like, you think one song is gonna be the hit, and then it turns out the other song was the hit. So there's this song that people are very familiar with called Six from a record called The Fall of Ideals. And that was the first song that we ever put on a video game. They called me up. I'm like 30 years old. They're like, yo, we're going to put your song in a video game. I'm like, that is the coolest thing that I've heard in my life. And I figured it was going to be the single, the song called This Calling. And they're like, we're going to do Six. I'm like, you know that song starts with double bass, a blast beat, and me screaming my head off. And they're like, yes. I'm like, you're crazy, but that's awesome. I just want it on a video game game and then the song turned into became huge yeah. huge huge i've heard a bunch of stories from people who are like this was the song we thought was going to be the one yeah. yep and then for some reason it was this one we thought was like a b-side actually i think a good example of that is uh metric the song black sheep i guess the, the story i could be getting this wrong but it was in scott pilgrim versus the world and they were asked by uh the people making the movie if they had a song they could use and they said well here's one we weren't going to put on the album it didn't fit and now it's their biggest song. So it's like, you never know. Anyway, that's the point, though. We'll take a bunch of uh, investments. And the reality is, maybe your idea doesn't take off. That's the unfortunate reality. But eventually, someone's going to hit it. And then we're going to start winning that culture war. So 
Sergeant Beck wants to call it Go Fund Yourself. <laughs> Maybe call it Tim. <laughs> call it Tim that, Fund Me. Uh, no, go Go Fund Yourself is good. That's, that's, probably good. that's great. Go Fund Yourself. <laughs> All right, everybody. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button? Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends. Become a member at TimCast.com for my birthday. Would you not? Happy it's coming birthday. up on Thursday. But we're going to have a members-only show with Cash. We will have that on the front page of the website in about 10 or so minutes. We're going to wrap this show up. Everyone's going to go to the bathroom, grab something to drink. We'll be setting up the live show for members only, and we hope to see you there. You can follow the show at TimCast IRL. You can follow me personally at TimCast. Cash, you want to shout anything out? Uh, I appreciate you guys having me. Go to governmentgangsters.com. Get my pre-order to check out the truth. Donald Trump launched the book for pre-sale. He calls it the blue map, the blueprint for winning back the White House and returning the agencies and departments to serve the gov- uh, to serve the American people. Where can people gangsters. where people find you on social media? <clears throat> One place. I'm on Truth Social at Cash at K A S H. Check us out. Check out the policy videos we're putting out and all the fun we're having at just throwing paint up against everything. I also want to point people at thecashfoundation.com. Thank you. Yeah, that's the best thing I do, honestly, literally, to get people together to provide financial assistance to whistleblowers, to, to Jan Six families in need, to if you're being sued and you need a legal defense, we'll pay for it, active duty service members. It all goes back into the 501c3, the Cash Foundation. And we got some cool merch. Check it out. Thank you, guys. I am Phil Labonte, lead singer of All That Remains. I'm Phil That Remains on Twitter. I'm Phil That Remains official on Instagram. And listen, chat, even if I don't wear the white hat anymore, I still already purchased it, all right? Wait, Phil, we got to get you on Truth Social. Oh, I have, I'm have. i Phil That Remains on Truth Social as well. Oh, there you go. I think I, I need to get a Truth Social account. I might have talked to you that. But maybe yeah. I have one. I don't know yet. We'll set it up. Uh, what's up, everybody? Ian Crossland here. Remember, when you're building culture, it can be a little confusing. Like, how do I do that? But when, when a culture grows, it's because there are things in it that are duplicating. So you want to make the thing. Focus on the thing. Focus on the song or the the chair or the the house, whatever you're building. And the culture is the result of the growth of that. So uh, keep building stuff. I'll see you later. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> cool show. Uh, yeah, I uh, hope you guys uh, follow me on Twitter. I never thought I'd have 5,000 people following me on Twitter. It's kind of crazy. Right on. Surge Hyde. Yeah, Surge Hyde. <laughs> we'll do that. Hassan! Yeah, Hassan Piker. <laughs> All right, everybody, we will see you all over at TimCast.com in about 10 minutes for the live, uncensored, members-only portion of the show. Thanks for hanging out.